evening and welcome to El Oso Fumar Takes. This is our 147th take live from the HF Barcelona studios of Euless, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplissy, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show, a blast from the past, and then back again. That's what we're doing tonight. So it's really exciting. I'm so excited to have you guys with us tonight because we are going to be enthralled with a magnificent take. Really excited to have this gentleman on. He's been on before in a very small capacity, but tonight is going to be all about him and his journey and his story. So before I get to formal introductions, we do have to thank the people that make this show possible. And that, of course, is our sponsors. And tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Drew Estate announced earlier this week that we, they are now shipping both the Undercrown Shady XX and Undercrown Dojo Dogma Maduro to Drew Diplomat retailers nationwide. Drew Estate announced the 2020 editions of Undercrown Shady XX and the Dojo Dogma Maduro during the DE Summer Takeover campaign and highlighted them on Freestyle Live Special Edition. Both the Undercrown Shady XX and Dojo Dogma Maduro show, share a powerhouse blend that is similar to the Undercrown Corona Viva. Both cigars feature a toothy Mexican San Andreas Maduro wrapper, spicy Connecticut stock cut Habano binder, and showcase the highest quality plantation Nicaraguan and Brazilian filler tobaccos. Jonathan Drew, president and founder of Drew Estate, adds both Eminem and Drew Estate were uh, quintessential underdogs. Everyone laughed at the two of us, claiming that we didn't have a chance, but then we didn't fit the mold and that we didn't belong. Well, of course, the story reads on and y'all know how it ends. Both underdogs rise above to break the mold and become the legends. Enough said. So check out your Drew Diplomat retailer today for the Shady XX 2020 release and the Underground Dojo Dogma Maduro as well. And as well, tonight's show sponsor is sponsored by Oveja Negra Bands, four unique companies who share a passion to provide innovative cigars for the next generation for a cigar enthusiast. Black Label Trading Company, Blackwork Studio, Dissident, and Emilio are all combining premium tobacco with an artisanal touch. Oveja Negra, where art and tobacco collide. Join the flock and visit Oveja Negra, excuse me, ovejanegracigars.com to learn more. And welcome to our 147th take. Without further ado, it is my pleasure to welcome tonight's guest of honor for our 147th take, brought to you by United Cigars. Smoke one today and start living united, Mr. Danny Vasquez. Danny, how we doing tonight? What's going on, man? That was, I'm hyped now. <laughs> I, for 10 30 at night i'm I, i'm serious right i mean we got we got to get the juices flowing man i i mean you're a parent i'm a parent we just did thanksgiving this week the batteries yeah. are at an all-time low well not as low as they will be in during christmas time but right <laughs> there they need we needed rejuving revitalization so i figured you know let's get the energy pumped up a little bit so um man i'm so excited to have you on the show i mean we've had you before but i mean welcome back thank you so much for joining us tonight so um i you know we're going to be talking all things you and the 2.0 version of barico cigar company i'm so excited about this i i know that it's uh been getting a lot of play on social media the last few uh, couple weeks now since right. uh, you kind of announced and uh and i know i know you everyone i mean the the, the show is pouring in. We've got plenty of people wanting to hear what the next iteration is going to be. I know we're going to get all into it and everything. Sure. Um, but uh, really just really excited to, to uh, see you coming back and everything, especially, I mean, I mean, especially around the holidays. I mean, it was kind of apropos, man, the gift to the, to the cigar industry, you coming back. Bringing, <laughs> so I, uh, I'm really Thanks, excited, man. man. I, I really am. So um, 
but before we kind of get into it, I, I, I kind of wanted to start with a lighter issue. Like I, I just mentioned a second ago with both parents, we both have yeah. young kids and, and um, we're, we're about, we're about the same age, you know? So, I mean, there are obviously things as kids that we remember that now we're like re-experiencing as adults with our children. Yeah, for sure. And, um, and so I've been watching a lot of like movies lately and like kind of through the eyes of as an adult, but how the eyes that I remember as a child and, and uh, I asked you this. I asked you this afternoon via text. I was like, "How do you feel about the movie Home Alone?" And uh, and and this is a dirty trick. I don't know. I, I didn't ask you if this was for the record, but I am going to quote you. So uh, I hope you don't mind. No, it's fine. I remember. You said Cin- cinematic genius. So, <laughs> yeah. Which I don't necessarily disagree with. I I really I really enjoy the film. I think we were talking about this before the show started. Um. Sans like pre 9-11 airport security and yeah. cell phone, lack of cell phones and everything, the movie kind of holds up and it ages pretty well. Like like watching it today, I wasn't like the I don't v- remember happened. Yeah, it wasn't right. that crazy. The VHS tape tape, mind you, that was a little little weird, but yeah. um as a as a throwback to to my earlier days and stuff, but it wasn't like to- totally like just out of the rock or anything. Well, well, I, I, no- Keep in mind that when you asked me that, I took myself back to 1990 and 10-year-old me and just remembering how much I loved that movie. It was just like, I just remember like, man, this kid is wild. Like, this kid is a genius, (laughs) right? Like, I would have never thought to do that. Um, You know, obviously in in the universe of greatest movies ever, is it up there? I don't know, but I, uh, it was it, it was great i mean to the point where there's documentaries about it now right like all the stories and kind of things like we were kind of talking about earlier so but that said yeah man that's that's an all-time classic i mean you got to put that up there with you know the ones they talk about like goonies and and you know movies like that from like our age when we were younger and uh it's dope if you don't like it whatever yeah i mean the the, the john hughes the giant the john hughes era of like coming of age tales and stuff like you know in the 80s it was all about teenagers and it was really funny he kind of went back in time he he became a more children's filmmaker you know after you know um after that and home alone kind of kicked that off for him and it was i i you know it's it's funny to use the word genius because and we've said it a couple times tonight already but um i'm not sure if i knew what the word genius meant when i was when i was the uh, at eight years old i guess but um (laughs) But um, I do remember thinking, wow, exactly kind of what you were saying. Like, wow, I can't believe he just did that. That's just so cool, like, <laughs> yeah. and everything. But one thing that, okay, so I was asking you this about it before the show. So you grew up in Florida. So you spent some, yeah. you spent some time up, up north, the DMV, yeah. which is, you know, north to us Southerners. You know, you're from Florida. I'm from Texas. So right. <laughs> the, the DMV seems like so far north and everything. But they do actually have seasons up there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. I mean, not like here, you know, right now I'm, I got a hoodie on, but it's cause you know, I'm also Puerto Rican. So I get cold a little quicker, but I really probably wouldn't need it. <laughs> but you know, up there now, I see, you know, I talk to friends that's still in Maryland and it's they're they're freezing, you know, that whole, that whole area just right now. Well, even you compared to where I'm at right now, it's cold right and yeah it's uh, gonna be in the 30s tonight so 
yeah, here it was uh, like mid seventies and we were out all day, you know, just outside playing and with the kids and stuff. So yeah, much different than what I was in. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny. Cause the, the reason I mentioned this is because like my idea and like our idea as children of Christmas, because if you go back and watch all the films is this fairy tale and I call it a fairy tale because of the way you and I grew up white, the white Christmas, the quintessential right. like Rockefeller, you know, uh, excuse me, uh, Rockwellian, excuse me, Rockefeller, uh, Rockwellian Christmas, you know, with the snow yeah. and, and everything. And, and I just remember as a child, just always being disappointed. Cause I think uh, I can count on my hands how many times I had a white Christmas in my life. And it was, it was one and it really wasn't white. It was mostly just sleet. Um, and I was kind of excited because it was white outside on Christmas morning. And I was like, okay, this is, this is the best thing. This is the best thing right. I've ever experienced in my life. Um, you know, but I mean, what, like, did you ever have, I mean, did you ever have a white Christmas or did it take you moving up north to where that actually to ever happen? Oh, in Florida? No. I mean, when I was growing up as a kid, uh, it flurried one time randomly in the late 80s early 90s something i was and i ran outside like what is going on like this is crazy to me and uh and uh that was fun but in maryland i think we only had one white christmas because typically it was it was too early in it was kind of too early for it to snow it would actually start snowing january february ish through like april i mean i remember snow like like i don't know six eight inches in april uh, one one of the years we were there, so um, yeah, no, not a lot of not a lot of white Christmases for me. Either. One that I remember. So here's a question I've got you for today, because this is the questions that I've been asking myself as I've been watching these things that are basically lies to the way I grew up, <laughs> and the way that my children more than likely will go up. I I don't I seriously doubt we'll be anywhere other than Texas, uh, you know, for for my for my you know for the the next foreseeable. remaining years. Yeah, exactly, foreseeable future. Right. Like what, like, like, how did that, how did that, like, how did that register the fact that you never had a white Christmas? Did it, did it ever bother you? Or am I just like, like weirdly obsessing over this? And I'm like the weird one out here. Um, no, I think you're weirdly obsessing a little bit. Not bad. Um, <laughs> no, um, never. I mean, we thought about it and we talked about it. And obviously there's a song about white Christmas, right? Where who the hell knows where that guy was living. But um I mean, even the song says I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, right? Because <laughs> it, it doesn't really happen a lot. Uh, it doesn't have for, happen for half the United States where, you know, like I right. said. <laughs> um, so, no, but also, listen, sitting in your house, and, and if this is for people that haven't either experienced snow or a lot of snow, sitting in your house looking through the window and seeing the snow on the ground and it falling and you seeing it and you see like that clear path, you know, clear, like open field full of snow. It's beautiful. It's really cool. But living and working and dealing with snow, um, it sucks. Like, you know, it's, it's really cool to see. So it's like, Hey, it didn't, it didn't snow on Christmas. Like, Oh, thank God I can throw all the wrappers from the, you know, the toys away or the, or the presents away. And, we're going to, you know, things are going to be normal for at least another month. Right. So, um, no, it never really bothered me like that. Now here's the thing. The kids would get excited. I remember the kids getting super excited that it was, you know, there was snow on the ground for Christmas or whatever, but, um, no, I never really, I mean, it's funny growing up in Florida, you'd see palm trees decorated. Right. I mean, obviously palm trees lit up. Um, 
so uh leaving here and, and never seeing that again i thought was weird it's like man i'm like well i guess there's no palm trees around here so makes sense so, but to come back now to florida and it's like oh yeah this is what it was like like it's just it's just hot i mean it's not you know it's, it's not um anything like we even in because we lived in georgia for a little while too i mean it would get really really cold you know into the teens sometimes um but here i mean you could probably i mean the cold the pool is probably really cold probably in the 70s also but you could jump in you know and survive you know and survive. <laughs> it's, yeah. you're, you're, it's not death right what, what about other things when you were you, you when you were a kid that like watching like films and stuff that were I'm just curious because again, it was just something that was kind of I was kind of harkening back. And like I said, we're both around the same age. I'm sure we watched some of the same films. We said like, yeah. what, like what's something like that you look back on and you're like, okay, as an adult, that's still real. That's still really cool. And I thought it was cool as a kid. Oh, dude, I'm obsessed with like the Back to the Future movies, um, Back to the Future Two. You know, when when um, they took it to the future and and to see all that stuff, right and and uh whatever year it was that they figured out you know um marty mcfly went to recently uh, it was like one of, i don't know the last five years or something like that it was that the actual time date that he uh marty mcfly actually flew to uh, in the future yeah 2015 uh, yeah it was 2015 was it, so yeah was it 2015? 20, yeah it was 2015 so that was cool you know that i remember that year that movie was big a lot of people were watching for that um so that that was always really cool for me um uh what is one of the oh one of the like first like batman's um again this is you know i'm kind of dating myself right um but you know those are movies that i could still go back and watch and even though i shouldn't have been watching like coming to america as a kid um <laughs> i i did right so but even that movie i still i will watch it like if, if i'm changing channels and it's on i'm i'm gonna stop and watch it right so there's a ton. I mean, there's a ton of movies from, from when I was a kid that um, are just still, whether whether they're relevant or not, but just still kind of take me back. Like, oh, that movie's so good. Like, that movie's so cool. And, um, yeah, I'm a sucker a, for a... Back to the Future, too. I'm, I'm, oh. I'm, yeah, I'm with you. I like all three. I, I can totally yeah. watch all three. Even the third one, which you know goes a little, uh, you know, is a little hokey, but it it it's yeah. It the whole the whole thing is just fantastic um it's interesting you mentioned coming to america my first rated art film is still a movie that i'll go back and i'll watch obsessively it, it's tombstone tombstone was my <laughs> first rated art film and i absolutely still love it to this day i loved it as a kid love it to this day it's 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 iconic so i've um, never seen it but you've I've never seen tombstone i've never seen tombstone oh man you, you and i have much different upbringings though you gotta remember that that, that that's 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 fine <laughs> <laughs> that, that's fine that you didn't watch it when you were a child um but you definitely to need to watch it now uh, sure. <laughs> you may not be in texas anymore but you you need to you <laughs> need right. to you need to harken back some some western roots there um but <laughs> I, I you know i just it was just something i was funny i was thinking about because like i said i know we're around the same age i know we have kids and it was just like you know like man this is still this is still fun and really cool as hell so i, I kind of wanted to kick off tonight uh just talking a little bit about that waxing nostalgic but uh so yeah, i I, sure. I appreciate you uh humor you know Kar karate kid is another one and when they did that cobra kai like reboot or whatever show on right. netflix absolutely i mean i wonder like look if you separate yourself with the show all that i mean it was a, it was okay but it was just like 
I was just such a fan of it that, I mean, so many people loved it just because of that. Now I think about it is like they're doing a lot of i mean they do they're doing a lot of throwback stuff like they're they're bringing they're bringing you know they they haven't released it yet uh just because of uh, covid but the 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 new top gun you know oh yeah and stuff that. i mean that they're just i mean they're 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 pulling on the emotional heartstrings of you know the younger versions of us and you know where you can go back and just like oh yeah i remember that you know and and yeah the the Cobra Kai thing is probably like is is like is the show really that great? No, but the, it's it's incredibly well done because you're just like really enjoying the hell out of it. Yeah, so, yeah, that's fun. So, um, but uh, again, really appreciate you humoring me there, Danny. So uh, let's of course. let's let's get into tonight's major point, though. And as always, it's uh, it's brought to you by Wood Butcher Maine, introducing durable and attractive wooden creations for your kitchen, backyard grill, and home using native Maine wood and other exotic wood species. Uh, wood Butcher's Maine products include butcher blocks, uh, cutting boards, coasters, grill grate cleaners, and Anello's of Umar favorite, the Red Oak Cigar Ashtray and Cocktail Coaster, plus many more. The Wood Butcher Maine's team's passion for food, the Pine Tree State, and craftsmanship of the highest quality show in absolutely every piece visit woodbutchermain.com yes that's woodbutchermain.com to explore the current collection so danny i mean while while we're here man you're you're back barco cigar <laughs> company is back so yeah. i mean i know that you've i know that this was probably a amazing process to to kind of decide to to bring this back and everything so i'm i mean Right off the bat, I have to ask the question: Why? Why is why? back? Why are you coming back? <laughs> yeah, uh, why? I, I don't know, man. No, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't. You know, it was something that I, I had. Um, I don't know. Fantasizes the word, or just kind of would think about periodically. You know, um, maybe manifested is is another way. But you know, with all the FDA stuff, it was just never really. Um, viable right i was just like oh, what's what's the point right now um i had gotten you know a few offers uh to say the least to buy the brand um kind of as soon as i i left uh or i stopped and you know um obviously got on the the radars of people that that watch roma um and uh, so that was interesting too and and honestly almost pulled the plug almost pulled the trigger one time uh, but thankfully, um, you know, my wife as being smarter than me, um, pretty much on everything else, uh, said, no, don't do that. Like, who cares? It's like, you know, just keep it for us. You just never know. Or, or it's like, you know, why, you know, why would you do that? Um, and I said, you know, okay. But, um, you know, at the same time, it was, it was still that feeling. It's like, ah, man, you know, that would be cool. Um, but I never really saw how, how, how it would happen. Um, because yeah, you know, I it, it is a you know pre-August eighth, twenty sixteen product, but you know how viable is a company if that's the only blend or brand that I can come out with, right? So, you know, so um, that said, uh, you know, with one one week left in in Texas, essentially, uh, the the announcement came uh, about the FDA kind of indefinitely suspending it, right? So, um, where where it had crossed my mind up until that point, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't something I was going to do. Um, and then just once I got here and kind of got here in Florida um, and things kind of settled, like 
the questions kept popping up and we just kept talking about it. My wife could talk, you know, my wife and I kept talking about it and said, well, you know, you know, if we're going to do it, then let's just do it. Let's do it big. Right. Let's do, you know, can we make this a viable company? I don't, I didn't want to just come back out as a brand or I didn't want to just, or one, sorry, one skew or one thing. And, and, you know, I don't know, make it look like a, like a limited edition kind of one, you know, one hit wonder, you know, and bounce out. Um, I, I wanted to do it for real. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of where we're at now. And, and you know, we're in the process of, of finishing and, cro- you know, crossing all the T's and dotting the I's to make sure that, you know, we're ready for this. And uh, so far, the response has been phenomenal, to say the least, um, uh, aside from aside from social media. I mean, I'm not even talking about so I mean, just personal direct to me messages, you know, calls and um, and it's been it's been humbling. It's been uh more honestly more than i anticipated and and that just kind of jazzes us up right and we, we just get super super excited uh about seeing other people getting excited about something we're doing right so um uh i don't know i mean and, and now you know right off the bat i'm, I'm on here with you and chilling with my homeboy bear you know it's chilling it's my in- homie it's interesting that you, you, you mentioned our, our, our relationship, Denny, because I, I, you know, at, at the time when you announced, you made the announcement that you were, you were vacating Barco uh, at the time and you were saying goodbye. Um, we didn't know each other uh, at all. I think we exchanged some messages over, over like social media, but no, and nothing like to the extent that we do now. Right. And, and I had seen other brands go being sold off or leaving same similar reasons and everything. But with you, for some reason, it really hurt. Now I wasn't mad like that kind of hurt. Like it just, oh, no, yeah. it really, I mean, it, I mean, it, it mixed all the emotions, man. I was pissed at the FDA. I mean, I was just, I mean, I, yeah. that was me who I've, I've, you can count on one hand. It's how many times I've smoked the voyage um, twice. And you, they were both gifted to me by you. Um, so I never even paid for one of your cigars, which is just tragic, uh, which will change <laughs> soon, which is nice. But we'll make sure of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly, exactly. That, that will definitely change. But um, that was my reaction. I mean, what? I mean, I mean, obviously you you had a piece about it. You came to terms about it. But I mean, I mean, what were your emotions like when you decided? Okay, we the FTA is too hot right now. I do. We just, how viable can we right. be? As you said, like, you, you know, what, what were the emotions around that decision? So I'll tell you, I mean, you know, again, being involved with save the leaf, um, the prior year before I had, I had kind of just stopped, um, or shut down the company. I was watching very closely the FDA stuff, which at the time in 2016, although, you know, they'd been kind of talking about it, not a lot of people really understood what it meant. Um, I mean, part of our job, uh, you know, is, and I, again, we were all volunteers and, you know, I just kind of help, um, you know, establish the thing and, and, and help run the thing by default became the face of Save the Leaf. I was watching very closely all these things. And, and at the time, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't a ton of information that kept coming to us. And there was a lot that we didn't know. And the only thing that we'd understood was just like, man, this just doesn't make sense. Like, how could this possibly pass or how could this possibly just keep going? Like, well, look, we'll, we'll, we'll launch this brand um, and, and we'll give it a, 
we'll give it a go and I'm sure things will change. I mean, this is, you can't just shut down this industry like that. Um, now it turns out I was right just, you know, a few years early. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I honestly had kind of already started seeing the writing on the wall a bit because just nothing was changing. And, um, and I was in a conversation, uh, with someone in the industry, I want to name drop, right? To, with Robert Caldwell at, at one of his events. And um, he's like, dude, you have, you know, I, we, we were talking about going to the trade show and me getting a booth at the trade show. And, and I was talking to him, he's like, dude, you have to do it. Like, you know, it cost, yeah, there's a cost to it, but you know, you, you'll get that back. And, you know, you know, a lot of people know you and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, but I can't come out with anything new, right? So although to me, you know, at the time, it's like, yeah, I probably could have got some new accounts and this and that, but how long would that kind of go forward if I can't come out with a new product? And, um, you know, and if you remember, I mean, this was like when that social cigar social media kind of started taking off. Um, and, and I was kind of one of the, one of the first ish guys to, to build their name on social media, if anything. And, and I just calculated in my head, I'm like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, I'm, I'm going to dump a bunch of money into this to something I can't expand. And, you know, and I, and some of the same thought processes, thought process that went into this of coming back is like, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to create a full company because I won't have the portfolio. I wouldn't be able to sell enough of the cigars to make it a real thing. And follow. so, um, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily sad. I mean, I was like, oh man, that sucks. But you know, we, we were debt free. I mean, if anything, we made money off of it. It was super fun. Right. I, I met some of the create, you know, some of the, some of the coolest people in the industry. I, I did get to do a trade show where I, sh- I shared a booth and, um, and, you know, I just kind of took it as, Hey, I, I accomplished everything that I had went out to do in record time. Like I, I have no, um, no problem admitting the fact that me at the level that I was with two, you know, once one cigar to two skews blew up the way, the way that it did and the attention that it got, it was fantastic. Right. And, and I just took all that in a positive way. Say, man, you know, you, you did something really cool. It just doesn't make sense to continue because of this FDA stuff. So let me just, you know, let me just pull the plug and, and we'll see, we'll see what happens. Right. And, and, um, the reaction that people had, like you telling me the story of, of you, that was, that was everything to me. I mean, that, that made me feel fantastic because it, in, on one hand, if it would have been like, Oh, you know, cool, like whatever, like who, you know, or, or, you know, whatever it was just, um, there was a lot of, you know, people, same thing, kind of upset about the FDA thing. Uh, you know, a lot of other social, uh, your cigar media kind of picked it up and say, hey, here's another company that, um, you know, cigar industry, uh, or I'm sorry, the FDA is hurting the cigar industry. Uh, you know, messages from Glenn Loop at CRA, uh, you know, messages from, from just people all over the industry. I was like, wow, you know, that that is really, really cool. So, I, I never skipped a beat, man. It was it was fun and it and, and it was over. And um, I got to do the Gary Layden show in Atlanta with Coop uh, mm-hmm. at the end of that, which I thought was really neat. And um, and that and that that was it. 
and uh, the messages for months and months and months after like hey do you have any more of those i'd love to buy some stores you know and then uh, the you know the when i when we made the switch when i when i actually took the job with roma the the amount of people that knew or would say hey i'm smoking a voyage right now like oh my god like i've never met you you know that's <laughs> that's really awesome you know so um that that in itself was um worth it right if that makes any sense it's like hey man i did something cool you know i didn't i didn't fuck up right or i didn't <laughs> you know what i'm saying it was just like yeah. and so, so no man i i really had no i had no regrets i had no i mean it was it was a fun time it was really really cool um and again the people the relationships that i got to make just in that first year and a half um of being out you know i had really i had been working on that project for almost two years before i had come out um you know just gave me a lot of respect for for the industry how it works how re the, the struggles that retailers go through the things retailers need, want, uh, how they operate, what the end customer looks for, wants, uh, how they react to things, how they like, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, I'm telling you, man, it, I, I never had that sad, upset feeling. It was just, it's like, you know, it's over. And, you know, having, you know, my wife has my back regardless or whatever. So she's like, you're good? I'm like, yeah, but, you know, she's like, you know, you, you did it, you know, you, most people never even attempt their dream. Right. So Absolutely. just to see that I had that even mild success, uh, uh, was enough for me to be comfortable with, with giving it up. So, so Danny, sorry, you, ramble. no, 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 not at all. As, as, as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge baseball fan. I'm also and speaking of movies. We're talking about movies in the, the late eighties, early nineties. So field of dreams is like my favorite movie of all time. Love that movie. Okay. So, Okay, so you're familiar with it. Okay, so you Bert, sure. Bert Lancaster's character, Moonlight Graham. He talk and and Kevin Costner says to him, most most people, you know, most people would you know would never get as close to the dream as you did and not touch it, and they would consider right. that a tragedy. You actually lived it, and like, and and he says he turns to me and says, now son, if if I had only been been able to be a doctor for five minutes, now that would have been a tragedy. Right. Um. So he had incredible closure for you know his yeah. life's decision and it sounds it sounds like you had very similar closure uh, you know yeah i mean yeah it was the same thing it was like i got to you know i got to kind of say goodbye and and uh the you know the friends that i made out of it and that you know um yeah i guess closure was was a really good way i mean I, apparently it didn't close all the way right um uh, or it wasn't locked yeah least. it wasn't locked yeah <laughs> um uh, the piece you had though it's it's shocking yeah, I, I i wasn't yeah. expecting this <laughs> well i mean you gotta remember i it, it, and i don't know if you remember or knew it wasn't my only source of income right so mm -hmm. it wasn't like uh like hey you know i'm gonna i gotta shut this down and I'm gonna, i gotta go work at safeway or something oh, right? Uh, right so and and if and if anything the piece may have come from i was getting so busy with events that it was actually like interfering with my real job of it mm -hmm. um but i wasn't big enough to leave that that job and um you know if anybody's ever lived up north or in maryland it's a very expensive state to live in right so you know i was just like it, 
I was, I, I was, yeah, I was, I was totally okay with it. Um, but even that necessarily didn't last long as I, you know, I don't know, a couple months later, uh, I ended up making the next, uh, transition or the next phase of the voyage, uh, for me in, in the cigar industry. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that, that's funny. I, I don't think I've ever really talked about this like this to anybody. So this is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I never really had any hangups, like no regrets on, on anything. That's, that's beautiful, Danny. I, like I said, not expecting that at all. And I'm, <laughs> I, I hope that, you know, whatever, because I know that my life will be filled with disappointments and, and hard decisions. And I hope that I can right. handle them nearly with the quarter of the class that <laughs> you can. So um, <laughs> lesson learned here on LOS from our takes. Uh, take <laughs> um, we'll, we'll, we'll go down into your, 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 your next step in the cigar industry here in a little bit, but I, I want to stay with the, sure. the, yeah, yeah. Barco for just a little bit longer here. Um, so 2.0 is coming right now. Were, so were you really – now, kudos to your wife for uh, telling you not to sell it, by the way. Uh, if she wants to give me the winning lotto tickets number later, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I'll, I'll take them from her. Um, yeah. But <laughs> that being said, I mean, um, I mean, were, I mean, when you – when you became the, the free agent, you know, for, so to speak, a couple, you know, a couple months back and everything, were you, I mean, were you looking at other opportunities within the cigar industry? Was this always the plan? What, what was, what, you know, what kind of finally made the push, I guess, to, to, right. to go? Uh, no, I mean, to be hundred percent transparent, I, there, it wasn't a, a real plan. I mean, the, the FDA announcement again, came in my last week at Roma. Right. So, um, up until that last week, it, it necessarily wasn't necessarily the, the plan. Uh, it did, it did spark a conversation, you know, with my wife and I of like, Hey, Hey, it's a possibility. We could probably do that again. We're like, okay. Hmm. You know, but at the same time, we we're, you know, dealing with kids with a virtual school and, you know, we were worrying about real life stuff at the, at the time. Um, and then, and then no, but no, you know, no other job offers or, or anything like that. Um, up until that last week, which I thought was funny, uh, you know, I was still at my last week and immediately the messages and, and calls started coming, <laughs> which, which was another great feeling. Right. Um, and um, uh, so, no, I mean, I mean it, it came, it came fairly quickly to start, you know, looking into it, but um no, I, I, I think it was just time for us also, you know, to kind of come get back home to Florida. Um, and uh, I know it's worked out, right? So we're, we're, we're doing it. <laughs> awesome. So what, okay, so the, 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 the company name is the same. Uh, you, you've been throwing the name The Voyage out again. So there's going to be the, the Voyage 2.0, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what, what else is the same? Or is, I mean, like you said, there, there wasn't much more than the, you know, the, those two things, but I, you know, what, what else is the same um, as with this next iteration of the, of the company? What else is the same? Um, not, not a whole, not a whole lot. I mean, the logos are the same and stuff like that. I, I have changed factories. Um, the, the blend is the same ish, right. Which was, 
which was great because of of COVID and, and Corona, um, you know, flights to DR are are were not um, super easy. Also, you know, with the kids in school like that right now, I just it just wasn't the best time. So for me to be able to take that original blend that we'd come up with um, and say, hey, here, here are the parts of what I need to do. Um, and, and then Henderson Ventura being able to take that and, and, uh, make it different iterations of samples for me. And then just me get them in a couple days and us going back and forth and zoom meetings and stuff like that. Um, it worked out. Now I will tell anyone that unless you already know what your blend needs to be, uh, you need to be at the factory, but I knew I was going to work with Koro. I knew. I knew his, uh, the age of his Koro. I knew, you know, again, knowing because it talks with him, um, with the factory, I, I knew that they would be able to do it justice and right. Um, they, they said, Hey, you know, let us, let us try this and, and let's figure it out. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I kind of moved into like, Hey, here, here are the samples. Right. So, um, and I was immediately blown away by construction. I, again, taste and flavor is all subjective. Um, but, uh, and, and it's worked out. And I'm sure we'll get into this a little later, but, um, you know, as far as, you know, what's the same and, and different, pretty much all different now. Um, you know, before I was doing a lot, I was doing basically everything out of my house. Um, and, and now, you know, we are renovating, not renovating, but remodeling a, a warehouse space um and you know getting shelving and and it's just going to be a lot bigger this time than than it was the first time um i've learned a lot right there was there was a huge learning curve over the last three years and um and there's a lot of a lot of really really good things that i learned you know on on my way to where i'm at right now yeah so yeah just take this back just one step here. So that, yeah, yeah, I mean, sure. that was, that was actually one thing I mentioned earlier, how you, you, like, I wasn't mad at you when you, you called it quits. I, I was, <laughs> I was upset because I love, I love La Aurora and I loved, I loved the original voyage. So, I mean, I was upset, but then I was simultaneously not when I found out who you were working for, but right. really quickly to that first point, um, you know, was there something prohibiting you from going back to La Aurora? Did they, did they, you know, were there certain like legal aspects of it? You didn't want to go back there just wasn't an open door or like why, what was the process there and why did you ultimately decide not to necessarily go back to them? No, I think, I think it was a, a, let me start off by saying that Manuel and Noah from Laura is one of the most like genuine, good hearted people in the industry. And I don't know if he's watching, he's probably sleeping, <laughs> but um, I, I, I just genuinely love that guy. He is such a loving, awesome person and was always great, great to me every time I saw him. Um, but I just felt that since my kind of evolution in the cigar industry had, had changed a bit, that I understood the process on the factory side better. Um, and where La Aurora is a massive company compared to, you know, Tabacalera, uh, William Ventura, it's just, I just loved the stuff that was coming out of that factory. Um, you know, there, 
if you if you just kind of take a look around with, with ADV like you're smoking there, uh, they make a lot of Room 101 products that I just really like. I mean, the the farce that was on CA's top 25 this year comes from that factory. Um, they also had another cigar, uh, uh, another Caldwell cigar that came out of that factory on the top 25 of CA. Um, and just continuing to seeing these kind of higher ratings, uh, seeing their packaging, smoking their cigars. Um, um, you know, there's, <laughs> I, I'm sure everyone has at some point has seen Ronnie from Secreto up in Michigan. Uh, he, he basically shoved uh, the ADV blue, um, you know, in my mouth when I got there, he's like, bro, this, this is great. You got to try it. I was like, all right, dude, come down. Right. Sh so, shout out to Ronnie who supplied my cigar tonight, by the way. So oh. real, real quick pause. Um, you, yeah. I asked you, I said, Hey, um, we're in a unique situation here. Um, right. what do you want me to smoke, um, tonight? <laughs> and you said, well, Hey, uh, if you've got it, I think I said, as a matter of fact, I do Ronnie gifted me, uh, I'm smoking it tonight. The, uh, I'm the queen's pearls, the Toro yeah. size. Which is kind of uh, new to them. It's it's relatively new this year for, for them. I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it. So shout out to Ronnie. Thank you very much for the cigar and uh, Habibi. And... What's that? You gotta call him Habibi. You call him Habibi. Habibi. He loves it. Yeah, he's a. He's I feel brother. like you're setting me up here, Danny. <laughs> no, 100. percent He's he's Habibi. It's he, Chaldean, so you call him Habibi. Um. So yeah, I mean, so. And like I said, simultaneously, I was actually really, really excited to see that you were kind of like turning over a completely new identity. I think it really does separate, like you said, nothing against La Aurora. And I wasn't necessarily, I, I, I didn't assume anything had, had been bad. I was just interested in that process. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it, it definitely, you definitely have that separation of, you know, version 1.0 versus 2.0. And, um, and I, I love the stuff that they're, that, that they're coming out with as well. So I was really excited to see that um, and, a, and a truly unique group of, of people and the cigars that are coming out and the tobacco that's being used and everything. Um, so what, what ultimately led you there? Like you said, you, you were looking at, you were kind of looking at the trends and you were looking at what they were putting out. I mean, did you have relationships with William or, um, or excuse me, Henderson, William, uh, Henderson, um, or what, you know, what, what ultimately led to this decision to go, to go with them? What's funny is, um, he had, we had heard a lot about each other, um, mainly through Ronnie at Secreto in Michigan, which is a dear friend of mine. Um, but also, um, you know, I'd, I'd heard great things from, from Matt Booth about this factory and, and he, in turn, you know, had said really, you know, good things about me to Henderson um, also. So our first conversation uh, lasted, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half, he, you know, kind of started. I was like, man, I don't, you know, I don't know what you've done, but I, all I hear is, you know, really good things about you. Right. So um, which is which is really cool because, you know, not that you really care what people think, but, you, you know, if someone is going to think something, let it be a positive thing. Right. Um, so, you know, just to hear that was, was really, was really neat. So, um, again, I had, I had gotten offers from factories also, you know, it's like, Hey, if you're going to come back out, we'd love to produce your cigar. Oh, wow. And, uh, That's yeah, multiple. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And, and I will never, ever dismiss that. Like 
as small, you know, from small ones to much bigger factories to guys that are, you know, equally as popular uh, from Nicaragua to Honduras and, and even back in, in DR. Um, it, you know, we just, I just took a step back, like, wow, what a difference because the reason why it took me almost two years to come out with Voyage first time is because I was looking for a factory that would really work with me um, and not necessarily just kind of give me something off the shelf, right? Um, and and I think that, I think just from our initial conversation, um, Henderson and I, I was like, man, this, this we just kind of clicked and it works and he understands what I'm looking to do and he understands, you know, where I want to take this. And um, he's also understands, you know, that I am still learning, you know, we typically all should still be learning but you know there, there's a i'm i'm gonna take in another bigger step into this factory side and and you know blending side um, you know kind of marketing side and we're just very aligned i mean even if you look at the names of the adv cigars they're a lot of they're explorers right there's the explorer there's you know uh the king's gold uh, navigator, you know, so it's almost like the voyage just kind of fit, even fit into the same, even marketing style that he was, you know, him and his partner going after. So um, a lot of it just really, really made sense. Um, now that said, if he would have sent me samples and they would have been horrific, then, you know, maybe we work, maybe we work <laughs> with it, or maybe I go somewhere else, you know, hundred percent, you know, I'm not, back to but, the drawing um, board. yeah, back to the drawing board. Um, but it, it worked, man. And it, I, you know, again, I only, even in, in, in all the events I've done, I really only ever talk about quality and construction and, and all that, you know, flavor again is, is, um, is up to, or is subjective, right. To the person smoking. So, uh, that would really impress me. And then obviously I just, I just loved it. So, uh, again, meetings going back and forth and, FedEx right uh so it, it was great now the next you know the next kind of steps of of everything that would be coming out obviously there, there's gonna be a lot more trips and yeah, all that stuff's already planned out right so we're excited um to be working together with with them and, and their uh you know brand new factory um they had a smaller factory and now you know they're a factory that is doing a little over two million or they can produce a little over two million cigars a year yeah, I mean their capacity has grown so much, and the the brands mm -hmm. that they've worked with uh, are like some of some of my favorites. You know, um, to what Tony does with La Barba, uh, Caldwell puts out some incredible cigars. I'm a big fan of Matt's stuff. Right. Uh, uh, I've got right. two uh, two booth cigars. Uh, depending on how long we go tonight, I've got the uh, the Farce Maduro and the Doomsayer um, uh, lined up. Uh, really enjoying this Queen's Pearls, like so. It's it's. Have you smoked this yet? It's funny. I haven't there. I haven't smoked it. I haven't smoked that yet. I did smoke the ADV Blue today, uh, but those are all on my list. I, I I have I have them for sure. I've had the Blue before, and that that um, that that that's incredible. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, I, I I agree. Like I I I really I really I, I've really enjoyed the stuff that they're doing in their factory. It's it's just it. It really hits my palate and everything. Now, so it's interesting you talk about your growth, and I said we're we're going to talk about your journey here in just a little bit. But just to kind of segue for a second, you know, you know, you worked with obviously the Dominican Republic, La Aurora. Then you know you go and work with a company that's based out of Nicaragua, so you had a lot of uh, work there as well. 
you know, was there ever any consideration to go to Nicaragua for a factory or maybe even Nicosuenio itself? Or was it always back to the DR for you? No, I mean, for sure. I'd, I'd, um, I was actually you know, offered by a, a factory that was in, in Nicaragua. Um, um, the decision just, again, was just kind of set in that, in that talk with, with Henderson that, honestly, if Henderson would have been in Nicaragua, I would have worked with him there. It wasn't okay. necessarily that I picked DR over, over Nicaragua. Um, it, it's just that... or over Honduras. We, we don't want to leave them out. So or, no, of course, <laughs> but I was just going off your experience. So not trying to leave anyone out of Honduras out. So just no. <laughs> covering my bases here. <laughs> no, for sure. Um, but, um, when I, thankfully, when I kind of even, okay, so this conversation goes great with Henderson. Great. But even if just even sitting back and, and looking at logistics of getting to the factory, in DR versus getting to the factories in Nicaragua, you know, I can, even though right now, cause of COVID like for me to fly from Tampa there, I'd have to like go to South Carolina for 12 hours and then fly back down on Miami and then fly to DR. So I just drive to Miami and then fly to DR. I can be there in a few hours um, and fly into Santiago, which is not very far from the factory. And then, you know, we're, we're working great. We're supposed to, you know, Nicaragua, there are people that I know very close. We both know that I've been trying to get back to Nicaragua this entire year and can't yeah. and, and cannot. Right. So um, even that was like, well, that's probably not a good look. Right. Um, the other thing is, you know, I already have relationships with band factory with the band makers. I have relationship with the box factories in DR. Um, so there was just a lot of things that I was like, well, you know, I, I love, I love all the factories in Nicaragua. I loved, you know, working for a Nicaraguan factory. Um, and um, I'm, my assumption is there will be a blend at some point that would come out of Nicaragua, hopefully, um, in time. Um, the difference, if anyone doesn't know, uh, if you're watching this show, I'm assuming you know, but you have to like fly into Managua in, in, in uh, Nicaragua. And depending on what time of the day, you may either have to stay in Managua for, you know, the night or, Either way, you got a three-hour drive to Esteli, right? So, I mean, that right there can kill a day, day and a half um, of being in Nicaragua and then wherever you stay. Uh, so um, that was it. But it, it wasn't necessarily, you know, I'm picking PR over anywhere else. It just it just happened to be that um, it worked out for, for all of us. Uh, so that was it. Yeah. Yeah. So the um, kind of going to the you you mentioned that the logo is staying the same. So is the logo you mentioned in, in relationships with uh, label makers and box factories and stuff. So is the voyage going to look the same? Is the the label and everything, or is it uh, yeah. is it going to have a new, fresh, updated look? What What's funny is I I had kind of I I talked about redoing it, and there was you know from kind of close friends or you know my circle of people that I would brainstorm with or bounce stuff off of, uh, there was pushback. They're like, no, leave it. It's, it's classic. It's, you know, it's beautiful. It's going to bring it back. Um, and then my head is like, well, how, you know, how do I get someone to distinguish, uh, an, an OG version versus now, um, one, there's probably not a lot of, you know, originals out there right now, even though there's been a lot of pictures recently, people's bringing it back up, which is really cool. Um, 
but I had also kind of envisioned different sizes. So uh, that'll be your biggest tell is I'm not making the same sizes as I did originally. Um, okay. Just kind of, again, the evolution, my palette has changed. The things I like have changed. What I've learned about the market um, and what the market likes is obviously now a little more updated in my head, right? Um, and, you know, not that, not that I would make a cigar or make a product that the market, oh, you know, oh, yeah, well, the market likes these you know, seven by 70s. So I'm going to make seven by 70s. But at the same time, it's like, I, I'm not going to be, why am I swimming upstream, right? I'm not going to make all Lanceros, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and stuff like that. So, um, much to so, yeah, delight. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and look, I, I like a Lancero uh, as much as the next guy, uh, but obviously, I also know it's not a viable, you know, business. Thing. But um, so that'll be the biggest thing is is the sizes um, different. Um, it'll it'll start out with three different sizes SKUs, um, and I may up I still may update the box, um, but I kind of like the old box, so. So we'll see. Maybe, you know, maybe I just update whatever comes out next, but I really like, um, I, I know I just like the old artwork and stuff. So, so, I mean, are you, are you allowed to tell us what sizes you're going to be coming out with? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I could check with my boss. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So I want to, what I'm smoking right now is, is, um, the last test blend of the, Toro. So this is a six by 54 Toro, which originally was a five and a half by 54 um, Toro, which um, even it's funny, even at the time I was like, ah, it's kind of short for a Toro, but you know, um, like they say in Spanish, like, la pata, right? I was like, well, like I'd liked it when it came out. And then just kind of, as I was um, going through, it was like, like, ah, man, I should have made that six inch, <laughs> but you know, I, I still liked it. Um, and then there was a five by 50 Robusto. So now it'll be a six by 54 Toro, a five and a quarter by 52 Robusto extra. And I call it, I've, there, I've, I've smoked a cigar with that size. And I just, it was perfect. Like five by 50 is a kind of like traditional Robusto, but I've always, I always like just wanted a little, little bigger, a little more, like barely. So, uh, you know, when Henderson and I kind of went back and forth, said, you know, what do you what do you think about you know let's try it in this size um five and a quarter by what you said i'm sorry by 52 so so if i'm not mistaken that's the same vitola size as the grand the grand robust no it's not that's a never mind that's a 54 gauge sorry i'll i apologize right. for a no, labarba no, labarba has a grand robusta that's a that's around the similar size but a different range. okay yeah um I kind of always, I just like that a little longer, but also it's because I'm doing a five by 46 Corona. Um, and that's, oh. you know, that one's, that one's for the grown and sexy, right? That one's for the, <laughs> for the cigar nerds. That one's for us, right. That, that appreciate that little 46 ring gauge. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and, and honestly, that, that, that one's probably gonna be for me. Um, I, I love it. So those would be the three, uh, sizes to start um and then with what come the the there will be a second uh voyage blend um 
that will have those same same three sizes to start. Um, but that'll be a, that'll be a little bit uh, a little bit down the road, not not too much further down the road from when this launches. But um, so that's that's kind of the plan. And then uh, we're working on the third brand right now. So um, yeah, not a lot of details on that because I just don't have it all. It's on paper, but we're working it out. So we'll see. Uh, so like what, what's the, what's the plan? So first of all, when's, when's Voyage 2.0 coming out? Like when can we expect to see it? So if everything goes right, uh, the, if anyone's yeah. ever going to do this, the box factory is the, the box factory is the one that can get you. Bands can get pretty done pretty quick. Cigars will get made and age and should be good. The boxes are the part that is the wild card in it. Um, it should be third or fourth week of January. Oh, okay. Um, so really quick. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny. It sounds quick to you for me. It's like, ah, let's go. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. Um, and, uh, can't talk too much, but you know, I, I've, I have a couple stores that are looking for the, you know, uh, a launch in their certain areas, uh, which is fa- like, which is even more humbling, you know, to me, I, I, I don't take any of that stuff for granted. Um, you know, and, you know, Someone wants to reach out and even even just to have a conversation about my cigar and bringing it in and and if it ultimately doesn't work out it it's all timing it, it'll it'll work so I, I don't get offended that way uh, but the fact to have you know the interest there and people just wanting to support and you know um, I'm I had I have a I have a list of you know my guys right my retail stores like my my guys that I, I've stayed in constant communication with uh, over the last three months that, that I've, I've been in Florida and the support that I've gotten from, from, you know, the friends and retailers that I've made in this industry, it, it's, it's invaluable. I, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's, it's, um, it's, cr- it's crazy. Right. So now I feel that pressure because, you know, they're, they're, Hey, we're going to support you. You know, people are sharing the picture, you know, the retailers, right. Uh, so now the pressure's on me to give them something they can sell, right? They give them a good product that isn't just going to be a flash in the pan on social media, uh, which, hey, it, it, that's exactly what's going to happen at the beginning. I, t- I completely get it. But, you know, is, is the blend, the size, the construction, the, the cost um, viable to make it a real, you know, substantial product on someone's shelf, right? And... Um, I think we've nailed it. And I, and I, you know, the, the idea is to support those guys the same way I've done for the last three years and the way they're trying to support me now, and then just pay it back to them uh, again, as we move forward. And, um, you know, I honestly, I can't, I can't wait. I, I really can't wait. It's going to be going to be exciting now, you know, talking about winter and, and traveling up North and <laughs> stuff like that, January, <laughs> January sucks, right? But um, I, I think it's a great way to kind of start 2021 and and really really hit the ground running. And, and it's and it's going to be a fun year. It's really good, really going to be fun. Man. We have a lot of really cool things planned. And um, and you know, who knows? I mean, the the way the way this coronavirus thing has has changed a lot of the way stores order and the way people order and and um, there's just there's a time the, the time has come for, um, for how do I say it for the way business is done. I mean, there was just a huge announcement well, a couple of days ago 
with like Miami cigar, right? Like mm-hmm. kind of letting all the, um, is, is that the way things are going? These in-house type of deals. Um, a lot of people don't realize like to do that, you have to be on top of your game at all time over the phone and, and, and do it without brokers or reps. So, um, I don't know. There's just a lot of uh, really cool things kind of happening and in the works. So yeah, January. So there's a lot of, it's funny. There's a lot of work that, you know, there's a lot of stuff you don't see necessarily every day, but there's a lot of work that's going to go into making sure I'm ready for January. So. Yeah. I mean the, uh, yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth when you talk about Miami, you'd like that, that's a well-established brand. I mean, you're, you know, I, I mean, the, the humbling popularity that you've experienced, you know, from when you first started and, and now even with the comeback is great, but in, uh, you're still building a brand, uh, you know, that's, yeah. that's, but the great thing is, is you have that experience of building, you know, building, building your own brand once the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also helping build another, you know, very popular brand as well in a, the quote unquote, untraditional way. Again, we're going to get into that in just a little bit, but Sure. Of, of, you know, reps and brokers having different responsibilities and stuff. So um, I, I did want to ask this question because I, I happen to have I had, um, you know, Alec and Bradley Rubin on uh, last week and we were talking about, you know, because it, it's only been it's only been th- three years since they had their launch. Right. And, right. Um, you know, it's still fresh in their mind. And, and so I, it was I was, I was curious. This is kind of an emotional, uh, a <laughs> personal and emotional question, which is what does that unboxing feel like? You know, that first time when you open up that, that, that shipping box and you see the voyage yeah. cigar box, and now it's going to be the second time around. What, like, this is product that's going to go on someone's shelf. Someone's going to buy this. Yeah. What is, what does that feel like? Oh man. You know, what's funny is uh, <laughs> when, when I got that first case uh, delivered, my wife, actually, I was at, I was at my office and my wife had, I don't know why she was home. She was, I don't know. Anyway, she was home. And uh, she's like, I couldn't wait. She opened it up and she's like, <laughs> she's like, I'm not, she's like, I'm not going to send you pictures because I want you to see this. But even she was just like, there was just nothing to say. Right. It was just, and it, what's the crazier thing. We were just looking at pictures today of when I was just like looking at that first box. She's like, And it was just really neat. And, you know, you think, you know, thankfully with her advice, like I just took a second and just, you know, looked at what we had done. Um, and, and honestly, it's funny. It's like, at that point, it, it could have stopped right there. Right. It could have stopped right there for me. And I would have been, I would have just been on the moon of, of happy and excitement that, you know, this project that we'd kind of just willed into existence was sitting there in front of me in my hands. Um, so it was fun, man. It, and I, I can imagine that, you know, anyone that's done it, it gets that same feeling. It's like, ah, you know, there it is. Um, now fairly quickly, you know, those cigars had to get out of there. They were, they had to go from me to Vegas. It, it was a crazy, I got those on a Friday and the trade show was like Monday and I had a, Oh, it was, it was ridiculous. So I, I took my five minutes. It was cool. I popped one open, you know, <laughs> did some cool pictures and then it was just like, all right, let's go. Like, time you know time to keep going so but definitely definitely fun terrific dude you're making me like relive my bat like it's good times i love it 
Home Alone and Goonies to. <laughs> our, our so, like I said, it's a blast to the past, and we're gonna we're gonna fold time back on yeah. on side of itself <laughs> here. So, um, so again, Danny, thank you for going down memory lane a little bit with this, but I, I but, and and taking us into the future as well. This is really exciting. Sure. I know that. You know, I've, I've, we've got a great audience tonight that's tuning in and commenting and really excited along with you and, and with myself. And so it's this is this is uh, this is exactly what you wanted. And uh, yeah. and and, uh, and and it's only going to get better from here. I know it and you know it. And it's uh, it's it certainly is exciting. So um, thank you. The show's not over, folks. We've we've got a whole part of uh, Danny's journey that we're going to relive here. But we've got to take a quick break here and do a little bit of more fun. So this is our uh, our one must go segment. Now, as always, it's brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Giana Havana and distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron line. So smoke one today and start living United. So, Danny, it's been a while since you've been on my show. Um, this is a newer segment, and so uh, for, but it's it's been around for uh, a little over six months now, and been really exciting and so what i do is i I try to take this and typically mold it around my guests but i i kind of wanted to took a different approach today and i wanted to mold it around the time in history that we're in so we just wrapped up an election an historic election we're in the middle of holiday season so i am combining two of these things to bring us the world of debates okay so the idea is i'm going to give you two i'm going to give you three debates three debates and one has to go and i'm going to join you in so you're not only on the hot seat by yourself okay so there there is some real controversial things around the holidays there is a you know there are hot hot ticket debates that happen during this time of year that i mean they almost like separate families right i mean they, they 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 split families up and it's just it can be carnage because people hold their traditions so dear. And so it becomes a really hot ticket debate. So the first, the first debate is, do you open your presents on Christmas day or Christmas? Eve? <laughs> and I'll let you, I'll let you answer these questions too in a second, but that's sure. debate number one, Christmas day presents or Christmas Eve presents. Okay. Uh, it's a debate in my own household. So this yeah. is a little close to the chest for me. Um, the second one is food oriented. So what is what do holiday uh, dinners consist of? Is it turkey or ham? Okay. And then decorations. This one's really big, especially now with 2020 just throwing everybody into a c- complete clusterfuck. Right. Before Christmas decorations, before Thanksgiving, or after Thanksgiving. So those are nice. those are the three debates. Now, one you just got to say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm. I, I. It's. It's gone. I'll take. I'll. 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 I'll participate and. Get, right. you know, get my hands dirty in the other two, but the other one I just want to get rid of for the rest of my life. I never have to want to have to mess with it again. Sure. Uh, the turkey and ham needs to go. Okay. Um, and, and the reason is, and I'll fight anybody that argues with me, is no one actually likes turkey. Like the only <laughs> day, you, unless it's in, sliced in a sandwich. Okay. But no, like other than Thanksgiving, when are you making turkey? So get out of here with that. The ham, I love, especially, you know, you do like a pineapple brown sugar ham. It's good for dinner. It's good with breakfast the next day. You fry it with your fried eggs. Uh, so that debate needs to go because turkey sucks. 
Fair, fair and if, if if your if your family member is a turkey, I, I apologize if I offend you. It's yeah. it's you didn't offend me today. It's funny that you say that because I grew up with turkey twice a year in my household, and it was Thanksgiving, but it was also Christmas, which is weird to mm-hmm. most people. I did it on both holidays, um, yeah. and um, and but now the recently we did turkey this year, but um, the most recently what my challenge has been is is I take on a different protein. So like I've my next my next quest is is goose i want to take on a goose i want to see what i can do with that um because i've heard uh, um i've had it before it's actually really good i love duck duck's really good too um you know obviously i love duck i've never had goose though it's it's very similar um and at least in my opinion and the way that i had it was prepared it was really i i found it to be really good Uh, a lot better than a lot more flavorful than chicken a lot more flavorful obviously more flavorful than turkey as we were talking about a moment ago um but that's interesting okay so the remaining two debates uh so you got to kick out turkey so okay so we got to answer the questions now okay so do you open your presents christmas eve or christmas day so a little both so we actually would allow the kids one pre-selected that we select gift on christmas eve which is typically and they haven't caught on yet but it's typically p uh uh christmas pjs right so we'll all have like matching christmas pjs there you go so they feel like they're opening they get new pjs which they'll wear that night and then they will be in in christmas morning for pictures so um and i take zero credit for that idea um as for me, I would just like to give my kids the gifts the day I buy them to say, you know, hey, here's your Christmas present because I'm terrible at wrapping <laughs> it and leaving it there. I'm like, ah, just here, just take it. Uh, so, and then, yeah, the rest of the gifts on Christmas Day. So that was something my, my wife came up with. I'm like, ah, that's good. You know, it, it feeds their need to, uh, to get something the night before. And then, uh, and then, but we have it all Christmas Day. Now, Christmas Eve dinner for us is bigger than Christmas Day dinner. Um, usually, are, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, to wrangle the kids like, no, you know, put your scooter, your brand new bike away, whatever. It's time for dinner. <laughs> like, no, I don't, I don't, you know, I won't play my new Xbox or whatever. Right. So, um, so anyway, that's just to add on. Gosh, to sounds it. like I need to open up presents at the Vasquez household, new bikes and Xboxes and heck yeah. Got a lot of kids too. Um, <laughs> uh, Okay, so um, I'm a Christmas Day opener. My wife is German, so in much most of Europe actually does Christmas Eve. Same thing with dinner; it's a Christmas Eve dinner, and as opposed. So uh, we've, um, um, I've, I definitely have, will have adopted the Christmas Eve dinner part. Um, but I just, I refuse. Christmas morning gifts are just something she gave in to me. But we do open up right. one present before on Christmas yeah. Eve to honor her. So. That 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 one's that one's a little too personal. I couldn't kick that one out. I'm, I'm I think yeah. I um I'll get to my choice here in a second. But decoration. So when do you when do you decorate? Is it before? Do you are you one of these Halloween people and then like Halloween to Christmas or do you go out? Do you go after Thanksgiving? No, typically uh, we put up the tree Thanksgiving day. So after dinner we'll we'll put up the tree um, and then usually it's just put up the tree and then we will decorate like the next day so you know the the tree going up um thanksgiving days is kind of a tradition for us now it's a little different here um in florida i mean you could still go buy a live tree but up north 
I guess I've never seen it. Anyway, we, I, we, I, we used to go cut down our own Christmas tree, which was like a huge thing for us, right? So we would um, kind of just take that day and then you go out to these tree farms and they have, you know, all the crap for people to buy and, you know, the hot chocolate and the, the cookies and stuff for the kids. So we'd make it a whole day and then we'd cut down our own tree. Um, which I could awesome. miss a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I've always fun. dreamed about doing that. I've had a fake tree my entire life. Oh, yeah. Mm. Now, at, dude, I'll tell you, it does make it a lot easier. And, you know, but um, <laughs> especially our first Christmas tree that I cut down, um, I didn't necessarily measure accurately. Um, we had we had uh, 10 foot ceilings and we got a 12 foot tree that we figured <laughs> out was 12 feet once we got in the house. So, uh, well, almost in the house. It was that was funny. Uh, so but, did you uh, cut a few, couple of feet off the bottom? Like, how'd you, how'd you do this? How'd you make it work? I well, they, they do it so well that you only have enough to go into that tree stand. So one, we had a, we had to get a different tree stand and then we asked for some help and that we, we cut parts of the top off and then we had to, we ended up having to change the, the, the top of the tree to like a snowman head that year, um, which we have now kept. Uh, so that was, that was fun. And then one year it was like, it was the perfect height, but man, it was wide. We didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize how wide it was until we put it in the, into the living room. <laughs> I mean, it was, <laughs> it was seven, eight feet. Like it was massive where it was like the, the tree. And then once you put the gifts in it was, it took over the living room. You say you didn't have a living room. <laughs> with, yeah. For, for a few months, there was just, there was no living room. Like, Hey, nobody can sit in here. So yeah. Uh, uh, so that was fun. Um, so yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely how we do it. Um, is, is after Thanksgiving. Uh, this is absolutely without a question, uh, without a doubt, the, the thing that irritates me the most about the holidays, it, it, and it has to stay because I will, I will stand strong on the wall. It is after Thanksgiving decorating, uh, yeah. do not decorate for Christmas until after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a holiday too, guys. Uh, it doesn't <laughs> go from Halloween to Christmas. Um, and you know, the, by the same token, I also get irritated by Oktoberfest beer showing up in late July. Um, also <laughs> irritates the crap out of me, but, um, but, um, but that's something that, um, is a, just a hotly contested debate for me. Yeah. Uh, my wife, who loves Christmas more than anything else in this world, including myself, uh, maybe she loves my boys probably more. But I mean, it's my boys, it's Christmas, close. and then They're me. Close. Like that, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm third place. Hey, listen, I made the podium. I'm fa I'm happy. It's yeah. fine. Sure. Um, but she even is post Thanksgiving, so that yeah, that that is that I go by her on that. So she's obviously right. So uh, we'll uh. It, that that's that's the right answer for that so the, the people that are the, like and i love the people this year that are like using 2020 and the clusterfuck that it is as the excuse like oh 2020 who cares I'm like listen if that was your excuse then you could have done it in september so right. like stop it right. just you you you're 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 on this other side of the debate which is wrong and that's fine um so <laughs> yeah. if somebody has to be wrong for me to be right somebody has to be wrong. <laughs> well you know what's funny that for us as a family and we've never discussed it it just kind of happened is like is Halloween is actually our favorite holiday. Um, we all just get to, you know, dress stupid, do whatever we want. And, you know, this year, this year was weird, but, you know, go get the candy. I, we love giving the candy out, doing the bonfires on the driveway, people coming by and throwing, you know, candy at people. And, um, you know, so I wish, I wish Halloween was like a week longer or, or whatever. So I'm like, I'm not really in a rush to, to, uh, get into all the other holidays because i'd love for halloween to kind of stick around a little longer 
uh, Halloween in our neighborhood is a little bit of a downer. Um, oh. It's 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 really sad. We don't really get many trick or treaters and stuff, so we've always been on the lookout. Like uh, we were we were gonna join. I, I know you know Andy Yaffe, uh, who's with McAuliffe now. Uh, he actually had a really great Halloween tradition. And then he moved, and we were gonna join him that year, and then he moved, and I was like, dang it. Oh. So it sounds like <laughs> we're just gonna go to to Tampa for you know, and just yeah have Halloween with the Vasquez family. So that sounds like what's gonna happen next year. Um, <laughs> sounds great. So I'm inviting myself. Um, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think I'm with you, Danny, on this debate. Like I, I think the turkey and ham thing just has to go. Like I think we just need to like, you know, settle once and for all. Like you know what we do turkey out of tradition, and then that's what it is. But like I mean, like there, you know, the debate just needs to, you know, just yeah. just just go because the other two are just more hotly debatable and they're also there's also very <laughs> very strong passions on both sides for it um right. so i um i <laughs> i'll go with that um oh so i appreciate you uh participating in this week's one must go um cool. so i'm really anxious to hear from I've, we've already had a couple people chime in on this i'm really anxious to hear your uh your traditions guys you uh hang up christmas decorations before or after thanksgiving the answer is after but uh but if you do it before that's fine hey listen everyone's entitled to their their wrong opinion uh turkey or ham or uh, christmas day or christmas eve present so roll those answers in i'm really excited to hear that and uh, as always uh the one must go is brought to you by united cigars uh it's featuring uh of course, uh, featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolera, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron lines. So smoke one today and start living united. Um, so the, bringing it to the next subject here, Danny. So what we've, uh, this is also relatively new to is I've, I've started asking my guests each week. We are now featuring a charity or nonprofit of my guest choice that we are trying to raise awareness for, raise money for. And it's something I started on my birthday this year, which was late October. And so I've, and I've been, it, it's just gone so incredibly well. We've learned so many great stories about so many great organizations. And this week is going to be no different. Um, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about it, but I want to in introduce it. Uh, you chose uh, Pencils of Promise, uh, which was uh, founded by Adam Braun um, and uh, has a great story about this. He, uh, you know, was traveling abroad in India and he offered a young child, like, what can I give you that, you know, what is the most important thing that I could give you in the world? And the child responds with a simple one word request. And he says a pencil. And so Adam reaches into his backpack and supposedly gives him the pencil. And, and in his, this child's eyes, he saw a world of possibility open up. And he realized what a what this was this was his aha moment and pencils of promise was born and they now are building schools and really bringing education to the developing world through this through this charity uh, and just a fabulous organization so um <laughs> i i am really excited to hear your thoughts dane why did you choose this why is this important to you and why should people donate yeah, um, so this is actually something I'd heard about years ago from a guy that a lot of us know uh, called Gary Vaynerchuk that actually, um, at the time, I'm not sure if he still there, sat on the board of Pencils of Promise. Um, and I heard him talk about, you know, what, you know, obviously the organization, why he believed in it, um, you know, and, and having developing countries and giving that education isn't necessarily just to educate the, the kids so that they can kind of continue what they're doing 
in these developing countries, but it's to to make it develop the right way, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, education obviously leads to, or the lack of education obviously leads to, you know, health issues and um, and, and poverty and, and things in this country. So, um, when I got turned on to it, I was like, man, that that just makes you know complete sense. You know, I, I again, like you you talk, we we both have kids, and it's kind of you know think about. I think about them in, in, in that aspect of, you know, what if they were in this position where, Hey, it's just, you need to figure out, you need to go, you need to go figure it out. I I don't know, you know, and we do our best to teach, but chances are if I'm in one of these countries, I don't have a lot I can teach either. Right. So um, it's, and it's, and it's one of those organizations kind of flies under the radar. Not a lot of people have heard about it, uh, but they're doing a a lot of really good stuff. So, it was just something I've always kind of kept an eye out of, um, you know, we've, we've um, in the past have, have helped and, and uh, I don't, we, it just always seemed like something I wish I could do more with. Right. So um, when you asked me that, I, it was, I mean, I think, I think you asked me, I'm like, I have to think about it. I'm like, what am I thinking about? I have the answer. And yeah. I, I like immediately texted again. Uh, I guess maybe I just wasn't expecting you to ask me that. So, um, so yeah, uh, you know, so yeah, I know you posted the, the link, which is really cool. People can go on there and kind of see more about it, see what they're doing, see how they get help and get involved. And I mean, hey, let's be real. A lot of stuff can be fixed with money, right? So that's mm-hmm. kind of a really good way to 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 help there and, and just help globally, right? Or in uh, mm-hmm. something more around the world. I mean, some staggering statistics that you find out about through Pencils of Promise and the, the number that gets thrown around uh, throughout the organization, and if you look at it through the website, everybody, is, is 250 million children can't. 250 million children in a primary school age lack basic reading, writing, and math skills. And so what does that actually translate to? So what does that translate to? It translates to 75% of these children that are even getting some form of education after several years of education, still can't read a single word. So what kind of, what kind of quality of education is that? If 75% of the developing world's educational system after several years in school are teaching children and those children can't even read. Um, and that leads to, uh, if you wanna think about this in terms of economics, this is another staggering thing that I learned through this. And, they put it into so many different perspectives too, Danny. This is what I really liked about this organization is that they attack education and they 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 let you they they showcase it in so many different ways and they translate to the cost of 250 million children around the world not learning basic skills translates into an estimated loss to the global GDP of a hundred and not and 129 billion dollars per year. <laughs> that's staggering yeah that, think if there's like okay let's just boil that down to like uh, you know one billion dollars each year going into the global economy what that would do um let alone 129 billion yeah um with proper education I mean, we're not even talking like we're not even talking about Matt. We're not talking about MBAs. We're not talking about PhDs. Right. We're talking about simple reading. basic <laughs> skills, reading, right? Yeah, yeah. That 
that is simply incredible. And they talk about, you know, the lack of quality education leads to like health and sanitation issues, gender inequality, lack of qualified teachers, obviously, um, familial economic instability and infrastructural challenges. You know, that's why there's, that's why these developing countries are developing countries is because, um, and third world countries is because the lack of education, you know, and, and, you know, it's sad to say, like, it's 2020, and there's still there are still uh, authoritarian dictatorships in this world in existence, because unfortunately, because of the lack of education in those countries that are, right. you know, they're getting taken advantage of uh, by by these by these 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 regimes. And so uh, that's, you know, it, it, it's, it's imperative that we that we continue, you know, we continue to educate uh, our future and that, you know, and I, and I and I can already hear some of the cynics starting like, what's wrong with the good old U.S. of A? Why don't we, you know, the education oh, yeah. system here? You're absolutely right, and you we should we should you know donate and 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 work on the educational system in the United States too. Uh, but this organization is a great place to start because if we can make an imprint in the world, you know, that we live in, especially in this industry where this is an international industry that we work in, right? Right. Well, the cigars are made in you know some developing countries right? exactly. or countries that may not have may be struggling with the same issues um yeah you know you're absolutely right and i think you know one of the other kind of big things that got that it really gets me and you'll see it on the website is that a hundred percent of what you donate goes right so it isn't it isn't a fraction or a part or 75 or 85 i mean mm -hmm. what you donate goes to their their project um which is you know, sometimes, sometimes you just, you don't know. Right. Um, so that, that was another big thing to me. And yeah. And they've, I mean, they've, they've talked, talk about some, I mean, they, like you said, a hundred percent of the money goes and look at the organizations that have bought into, to pencils of promise. I mean, these are, these are world-class organizations. Uh, 1-800-Flowers, Salesforce, Warby Parker, you want to talk bigger? How about Google, Chase, Goldman Sachs, Microsoft? Um, I mean, these are <laughs> world-class corporate organizations that are buying into pencils of promise and giving their money to where a hundred percent, a hundred percent goes to the cause. I mean, this, I mean, unbelievable pig, Danny. I was really, when I was reading more and more about this, I was so excited. Uh, to be raising awareness for them and hopefully getting some money. And as always, everybody's listening and watching. Um, I am I am donating uh, to to a very small amount because I mean I got to spread this around over at least over the next year that I'll be doing this. <laughs> sure, I'm sure. I'm I'm donating to every organization that's mentioned awesome. uh, on on our on these shows. So I'm uh, and I'm I'm honored to do so because I'm honored to help out the 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 issues and the organizations that matter most to my guests. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to donating some money to Pencils of Promise and uh, to the education of the world. This is, this is really exciting stuff. So um, as you mentioned, Danny, I, I did post the link inside uh, um, the chat right now. So please consider donating. Also, if you go back to the, there is a hot button link on the LS Fumar Facebook page underneath uh, this weekend's post about the announcement of today's show. Uh, you can simply donate there. 
um, we would love for you to consider donating to uh, Pencils of Promise and uh, supporting um, the, co uh, the cause of, uh, of Danny's choice. So Danny, thank you so much for, for bringing that to us today. That was really great. No, thanks for raising awareness on your platform. So going going back into to your journey here, Danny. So let's let's so we've been talking about 2.0, and uh, we've kind of been dabbling a little bit in the past too, and everything. But let's take it back even further, uh, before the 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 genesis of uh, Baracoa Cigar Company version 1.0, right? So you know what what transpired you to you know, to start your own cigar company. I mean, this is a dream. I mean, it's a dream that I would love to live too. I mean, if right. you can't tell from some of my questions, um, I mean, <laughs> what, uh, I mean, what inspired you to, to, to chase this dream? What, where did it, where did it all start? Um, ignorance. No. <laughs> so, I mean, just <laughs> like, like a lot of guys that are <laughs> in a cigar shop for way too long, um, you just start thinking like, oh, you know, we could do this, right? And it, and it initially had started um, with wanting to open a, a cigar lounge, um, which is a, you know, is a completely different world, right? And um, but fairly quickly, I was like, ah, you know what I actually like about the cigar lounge are obviously the cigars and, you know, what would I put in there? And you, then you just start thinking, it's like, well, I'd like to have my own cigar, right? And then you kind of, you know, like as a consumer, you kind of know that's a thing, but you don't really know how it works and you don't, you know, because on one aspect, nobody really wants to tell you, you know, what goes into it. Because on another aspect, not a lot of people know what goes into it, right? Um, and I, you know, the idea was, well, how, how, do, how do I just get a cigar made for me, right? And um, you know, and I've talked about this before, but fairly quickly, I could, you know, I could have had a cigar a month later, um, you know, just get my tobacco permit, get my EIN, you know, get all that stuff done. And I could have got something off the shelf. Uh, I could have got bundle cigars and just put my band on it and, and, um, and preach that until, you know, my head blew off and, Hey, this is a great cigar and knew nothing about it. But, you know, the, the first question was like, man, if I found that out about this company, would I smoke that cigar? You know, if I found out that, Hey, these are just kind of, you know, whatever, whatever extra stuff or whatever, you know, blend um, they would give me, or they'd be willing to give me that that's what I came up with. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to do that. Um, so then it was like, well, okay, how do I, how do I, how do I do this? Like, you know, so I was, it literally just turned into, um, you know, at first, you know, talking to reps and then, you know, them kind of pointing me in different directions, finding factories, cold calling factories, which is ultimately what happened at, at La Aurora, just literally picking up the phone and say, Hey, you know, this is what I want to do, you know, trying to sell myself. And, and um, I mean, it took a long time for me to, to really try to, or not try, but to, get somewhere where I felt like, okay, I think I've, I think I've cracked the, the kind of get in code here. You know, how do I, how do I take it to the next level? Right. Um, because also, you know, it's not like I had any factory connections. I didn't have a box factory connection and I had the band, you know, so it was like, yeah, okay, this is, you can get the cigars, but you know, how are, how are you going to market them? Right. And, and 
one of dear one of super dear friend he came up with the the well we worked together on the design for the band and the boxes umberto um from cigar package design out of miami he asked me the question when we kind of started this is like the question you have to uh, is you have to answer is why like why should someone smoke your cigar why should a store buy your cigar why are you doing this why you know you have to answer the why and once you get that you know you can kind of make sure that everything else is aligned to your why and um i mean that that changed that changed my perspective of what i was trying to do immediately and then you know took it to no you know i want to blend that that is mine that and i'm not gonna lie i didn't it wasn't i wasn't alone myself in a in a factory and came up with the blend all, all alone no there was a lot of feedback going back and forth with manuel and you know talking about what what i wanted you know versus what he you know obviously his wealth of information would give me and, and going back and forth with with that um and and it and then it took me to like yeah i need to take this you know and again this was like i mentioned earlier this was kind of the upstart and the rise of the cigar social media um, um, whatever entity at the time that really was almost non-existent. I mean, there was Cigar Cartel that at the time was probably sub 10,000 members and maybe a few offshoots here, but there weren't, uh, you know, a ton of Facebook groups um, at the time. I mean, hell, Coop didn't even have his own show at the time. Um, Dojo was was launching their app, their app and they had, a, you know, they had a huge kind of following, but it was kind of within their own thing, right? Not not so much on Facebook and, and Instagram at the time. Um, so, you know, I was able to kind of watch the start of that uh, that evolution of, you know, obviously there's there was Reddit, right? But I don't necessarily consider Reddit the social media that we know now. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on Reddit, but, um, you know, I, I just, I just got it. You know, it's like, man, I, I'm super glad that I didn't go this easy route because with social media, I would have been found out super quick. Right. Like, I mean, people would have just realized like, no, actually you're buying that. I saw you over here buying that cigar from these people and you're starting to band on it. Right. So um, <laughs> that, that's kind of, that's kind of how it started. And then um, it was just, and I know I kind of glossed over a two-year period, but you know those are kind of all the things that you go through in 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 learning something that I was super passionate about. But the the tools that we have now to you know learn about any factory or any brand, it wasn't really exist. You know, it didn't really exist back then. You know, there was the YouTube video that everyone has seen of like Rocky Patel's tour of the Placencia factory, uh, the Fuente story. That's a, you know, a phenomenal documentary about their family. And then like, you know, Brian Glenn's like how to smoke a cigar video, right. That got, that's over a million views. Um, and then there was a lot of, I don't know, not crap, but there was a lot of like guys that are doing reviews. Right. And, and, still are so yeah I mean, a lot I mean, of people but, doing it yeah yeah there's a well no now the, the numbers forget about it right um but back then there was a lot of just 
uh, of guys that just, I don't know, maybe took themselves a little too serious and, and, you know, their, whatever their take on it was. And, and, and it's funny at the time it was a little intimidating, but then you're just like, well, you know, whatever, like, who, who cares what that guy thinks, you know, focus on what you're working on. So, um, you know, that's kind of how the whole thing started, started with me was, was just a passion that, um, I'm going to be honest, I, I took too far. Right. And, and I, and I say that, you know, ignorance as a joke, but if I, and I've said it before, is like, if I would have known now what I knew back then, I probably wouldn't have started it. Right. If I would have known, if I would have had this mentality that, man, it's hard to get into shops or it's hard to sit, you know, talk someone into buying your product or it's hard to, you know, it's like, it isn't, you know, there's a lot of travel and you got it, you know, all those things would have maybe psyched me out. But ultimately the things that I didn't know, I wasn't necessarily concerned with. So it's almost like Ignorance those things were kind of thing. Yeah. hundred percent because those roadblocks that I may have set up for myself um, again, just, they didn't exist. So, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the voyages and all these, these stores that I had never even heard of, but because of like the, the work that I had done on, again, on, on my side of the social media side, I'm going to events, I'm doing events, I'm hitting key markets, um, opened up a lot of stuff for me. And, um, you know, Hey, it was, you know, for, for a guy that had just launched and a rookie and knew nothing, I got a lot of success out of that, you know, being on cigar dojo for, you know, multiple episodes being on, on, I can't, and I'm drawing a blank on the show Coop used to be on. Um, but, but even Stogie geeks and, you know, like even guys like, like Coop, like giving me a lot of love and recognition and, you know, the save the leaf stuff. And, um, I was honestly just, I just felt blessed. And I, I was just, you know, for me, it was like, it was like, well, let's, let's just keep, let's just keep this going. We're going to be genuine people. We're going to be honest people. We're not going to take advantage and everyone's going to know exactly what I'm dealing with and working on, which, you know, anyone that follows me on social media, you know, what my wife looks like, you know, all my kids, you know, when I go to the beach, you know, when I'm having an issue <laughs> and, and, um, when your son Matthew and, was born, you documented the whole thing. Oh, the whole, oh my goodness, man. Yeah. Every step it, of the way. You. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and that's just kind of how we are. I mean, that's part of our, journey that is part of our you know voyage and and now and and i'm sure we'll get into it at some point but you know after i shut that down and and i and i got with roma the the education the curve skyrocketed right um and and you know those are the things that that i say like man if i'd have known that that was that difficult with you know client xyz i may have never gone to that store or to that client, but I never had those issues with that customer. Right. So, um, you know, that was a really long winded kind of answer, but there, you know, there, were, there was just, there was just so much that, you know, now looking back could have went wrong. I just never really experienced it. It, it just, it just flowed and it worked and I had reasonable expectations for, you know, what I was putting out and what I was going to get back. And, um, and thankfully, you know, for especially guys like you, it, it just it, it surpassed all those expectations, which may have been why I felt I felt cool leaving it, you know, um, and, and I wasn't, you know, 
hanging off the hanging off a ledge um, because I was shutting down my company. You know, it it was great. It was a great time. So a lot of couple things to unpack there. So the first thing I got to ask yeah. is what what was your what was your what was your why? You said you had to find your why. What was your why? Yeah, I what mean, ultimately became the why, I guess. Right. Um, it's funny because that what the why, and we'll obviously get, we'll get into, it, but the why is where the the voyage name kind of came from. So where I was where I was trying to unpack all, or un, where I was trying to not unpack but pack, you know, kind of my story into why, and I came up with this kind of feeling. It's just like, hey. I'm, I'm just a normal guy that has a super passion about this. And this is where I want to take it. I want, I, this is what I want out of, out of this. This is where I'm going. This is where I see myself headed. Um, and, you know, at first, you know, I still have kind of the original list of names and stuff and journey was on there and rite of passage was on there, you know, all this stuff and literally woke up in the middle of the night and wrote the, wrote the word voyage, the voyage. And went back to sleep and i woke up i woke my wife up and i was like you know like earlier in the morning I was like i i got the we've got the name and then it just all kind of rolled and I was like this is my voyage into the cigar industry and this i you know and i wanted to accurately you know document accurately i wanted to document on social media at least you know what it what does it take like what what do you have to do what does it work that could a regular schmo like me make something uh, work, you know, not just on the branding side and the cigar side, but just create that, that brand or that product and that story and, and have it all not only, not only feel good and, and look good, but just be real and be authentic. And, and it just kind of all flowed. And, and that's exactly what happened with, with us um, on that initial kind of voyage was, hey, this is, this is what we want to do. And this is where we're heading and we see our heading. And, you know, there was just like a lot of these kind of words of, of navigating, right, that would, would pop up. And, um, and then there, there's kind of where it clicked. You know, Orlando uh, Perez, who's in our uh, chat right now, said, uh, "Whenever anyone is in fear, the only way to get rid of it is to get into the fear." And and I, I kind of commented on that a second ago. I I, I go back to um, Will Smith, the actor. I, I saw him do this incredible talk one time or, uh, on social media, no less. And he was talking about talking about your <laughs> the the experience of skydiving, and he was saying. Right how you know like you know skydiving is always starts off as the thought of like you and your boys getting together and it's always like the drunken night before and you're like yeah let's go do this you know like and everything and like you're getting all jacked before and then like right in that it's 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 the the journey the voyage to that point where you've got your toes hanging over a perfect you know the doorway of a perfectly working airplane and you're about to jump out and then all that motion all that jacked feeling all that jazz feeling goes out the window and it's just it's nothing but fear and then he says on the other side of that fear is is the freedom and joy and exhilaration that is indescribable so it's on the other side of fear is where you 
have to, you know, you have to get to, to experience that, that kind of euphoria, that you kind of euphoria. And um, so it's, it, it's, I, I think that that is in a way it's kind of really poignant in your story, Danny, because you talk about the voyage and in, in his very literal term and, and, and how that, how the voyage had this incredible journey and, and that became ultimately became your wife's pretty, you know, it's, it's pretty poetic not to be too over dramatic about it, but I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, no, I appreciate I mean, and, and the thing with it is it was like, I, like I mentioned, it's just because it's, it's real, it's authentic, it's true, you know? And, and I think that that's why, you know, I was able to connect with so many people and, and still, and, and why the, the, the brand itself has so many followers and fans and, and people that just love it. And, um, and you know, when I meet people, you're meeting the same guy that posts pictures with his kids on Instagram, right? It, there, there isn't, there isn't this, uh, this overwhelming feeling on my end to make myself feel like, Oh yeah, no, I'm a cigar guy. Um, uh, you know, I know things about cigars and, and you, you know, you don't, I, Hey, this is an event. Uh, here's why you should buy this cigar and you should buy this cigar. It just, it just, it doesn't work for me in life. It doesn't work for me in, in this business and that, and especially in this industry um, where, you know, in, in all the years that I've done, you know, all these events, um, like, Hey, uh, you know, how you doing? My name's whatever Earl, <laughs> shout out to Earl's, um, you know, t tell, tell me about your cigar. It's like, Oh, um, well, yeah, the, you know, this is my, you know, my brand or, hey, you know, this is Roman Craft we're from, you know, Nicaragua or whatever. But, you know, Earl, where, where are you from? What do you smoke? What do you like? Do you come into this shop a lot? Yeah. Have you heard of us? Have you heard of this? Talk to you. You know, I want to know about that person because obviously he's, he's at he's at my event or he's at the event, whatever. He's standing in front. He's a cigar smoker. He's going to buy something. So why am I going to stress this guy out about buying something? He's here. He's, he's going to do it. Right. Um, so I, I want to know about you. I want you to, and man, I just noticed how close my hands are getting to you. Um, <laughs> I talk with my hands wanna, too, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, all that, you know, authenticity, if, if it can be butted up with a great product um, is, is just where it's at. Right. So um you know, for, for me, it's, it's, um, it wasn't, it, it wasn't hard or, or anything because I was just, I was just being me. Right. And you and I've met, I'm the same, you know, I'm the same dude I was at, you know, the, the US event as I am here. Um, and, and honestly, like if I go into a shop that I don't know, for instance, you know, I went, I went to this really cool lounge, uh, lounge in, in Chicago, um, the Clayton, if anyone ever has an opportunity, that's all I'll say. Um, and I start asking, you know, guys asking me about, you know, what cigars I like. And I just kind of went in. I didn't, I didn't, I'm not, I'm not here to drop my card. Or, hey, I'm this per, you know, nothing. And, you know, it's my buddies that are coming like, oh, he actually, do. I'm like, ah, you know, it's like, relax. Like, <laughs> you know, because, because then comes this, like, this, this pressure of like, oh, well, what about this? And like, hey, man, I, you know, I just want to talk to you, you know, I just want to be, let's just be cool. And, um, and then, you know, we can get some cigars, sure. But, you know, that, that ultimately, I think was, was, 
or is what helps me kind kind of build these relationships with uh, you know retailers media with you know fan friends i, I don't I, I feel really weird saying fans gotta be honest uh, but you know people that's the, inc- the end consumer if we want to just put yeah. a label on it right yeah yeah and consumer sounds a little too general though it's like disrespectful i don't know. but anyway so <laughs> it's just you know and that's that that whole voyage my wife you know being part of it bringing her to events people meeting her as as just you know it is there isn't this um you know me trying to take advantage of the situation or sell myself more it's just hey let's let's hang out let's let's just be cool people and and that that's really what i focus on i've always focused on period and thankfully in this industry that's very you know handshake it's very relationship based it's it's um it's a lot of the you know, kind of who you know um it works you know we're not just selling widgets right um, right and and it's a very very different industry than really anyone that i've i've ever been part of i have to say dan that like that is that's something that the great ones do is the what you just described and that's there's nothing wrong with doing it the way that you don't want to do it, right? There, there, right. There's a place for that. And there's people that are like them. There's people that are successful with that model. And there's, sure. there's nothing wrong with it. But there's something very attractive and very um, investing in that attitude. And the word that I'm going to choose here, Danny, to describe you is authentic. You're an Thank authentic you. human being. And, and notice it's you're not an authentic cigar guy. You're not an authentic brand owner. You're not an authentic tobacconist. You're, you're an authentic human. And when you, when you relate to people on that level, it, it ultimately, it, it does gain favor because even if, even if someone who didn't like the voyage, they remembered you. Right. And they might've followed you to Roma, which we'll be talking about in a second in, in your part of the journey. Uh, and that might have led to them, you know, smoking Romagraph because of you. Um, right. And now they're going to try Voyage 2.0 and they're like, oh, it's different. I didn't like the first variation, but now he's working with this different factory. I remember Danny and it's all about Danny. So, you know, ultimately, mm-hmm. I think that that kind of authenticity <laughs> has served you well. I mean, considerably speaking. And like, I, I, I'll, I'll give you a great example of this. Like, you know, um, when we met up at the, the the Roma Craft party a couple of years ago at the trade show, you actually introduced me to Jesse, and um, you it wasn't uh, you, you weren't even with her. You went and got <laughs> her, and you said, "Hey, I need you to I need you to meet this guy." Yeah, I remember. And like, who the fuck am I? And you're, and you're, <laughs> and you're, and you're you know you're you're pulling your wife away from some conversation to introduce her to me. And I was, and you remember this, I, I don't know if you remember this, we had a conversation about, I mean, I was, I was incredibly grateful and humbled by that. I'm a family man too, just like you. And it, 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 it meant, it meant a lot to me um, for you to introduce me to your wife and make a point of like, Hey, you know, this, this is, this is important. Bear's important. And I want, right. you, I want you to know who he is. And, um, and it, and for not for one second did I think that that there was any ulterior motive or anything like that. Right. It's just who you were, and 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 it, 
was like, I, I, again, I already had a great affection for you. So it wasn't like, you know, you went up a couple of notches or anything like that, but it, 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 it certainly, it certainly lends weight to the entire point of your last, you know, your last yeah. remarks there. So I, I, it's one of the, I think it's one of the most troubling things in this industry is how do you connect with people? And I think you just solved it for them. Well, you felt you were rambling a second ago to use your words, you weren't, but to use your words, <laughs> right. I, I, you just solved the issue. And I think anyone can watch this or listen to this podcast, hit the rewind button. If you're having trouble yeah. selling cigars, if you're a retailer, if you're having trouble selling cigars and you're a brand owner, you know, if you're having trouble buying cigars and you're a consumer, you need to connect right. with someone like yourself because there are more people like you. This isn't like, you know, sure. unfortunately you don't have the franchise, but, but it, it, it's ultimately the ticket to your, to your success and everything. So I think that was, I think that was very apt. Um, well, one, I appreciate that. And, and you remembering to me, Jesse, or meeting Jesse. And, I, and I'll tell you, I mean, that time that we met uh, or the, not the time we met, but at the Halloween party, the, the fact, and we were talking about this earlier, the fact that your wife, came with your your son because it was your birthday like just to be able to give your you that with your son but also to give that to your son because like with my kids it you know our birthdays are super important right so like they'll make cards and they're they're like oh you, you know it's dad's birthday it's mom's birthday right so when i when i saw that happen to you that just told me every that told me everything i needed to know about you about your wife and your kid and, and from there, I was like, you know, this, this guy's a, a real, real person. And, and you probably remember, I was actually driving to Austin mm -hmm. from Maryland and you called me and we talked for, I don't know, an hour or so or whatever. I, I don't remember exactly, but, and in my head, I'm like, I'm like, I just remember thinking, it's like, man, I, like, I was humbled because I was like, man, I'm, I'm nothing right now. You know, I'm like, I haven't even started. But the fact that, you know, we were talking about, you know, you know, you know, I guess how, how to work together with, Ro you know, for Roma and Michaels and, you know, and, and just the communication was great. I was just like, I was like, you know, man, he's a real good, he's a real good dude. Right. So I think that like what I'm, where I'm going with that is I can, I can sense that out. Right. When, when you're authentic to yourself, uh, one that'll, like if you know yourself and you're real with yourself and it lets you be real with other people, it's easy to pick up who the real ones and who the not real ones will say sure. are. Right. And, and so um, even for nothing else, you know, just to help you, not you, the, the general, you help someone figure out who the authentic real people are, be a real authentic person and the people will stick out and, uh, it's kind of how we we live our lives I guess. no 100 percent. Uh, thank you you're you're very welcome 100 percent, though like i think it i think it goes to the fact that i mean there are some people out there that even even highly confident and competent people in this industry that and, and this is in any industry in the entire world that we live in there are some people that are just not comfortable in their own skin this right. just it's just who they are so they they, they, their, their only course of action is to put up a facade of some court, you know, some case, you know, and, and, and that's not even necessarily a crit that sounds incredibly negative. Like I'm being really, right. 
but I, that's not even i'm not trying to be that's just that's their mechanism to 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 deal with that to deal yeah. yeah yeah and and but when you have that authenticity like you like you have and like a lot of people in this industry do have it it and and there it, it really it really connects with people on a on a on a much deeper level like i said there are people out there that probably smoked your cigar and didn't like it but I guarantee those people still followed you. They followed you to Roma and they fall, they're going to follow you to, you know, this 2.0 that you're, that you're embarking on. So I think that, um, it, it, again, I'll just repeat myself. I think it served you well. So, so, so going into your years at Roma craft with Skip and Mike and the team there, they, they really, they really embraced you as part of the family and part of the culture. It was almost immediate. I mean, I remember that even the t-shirts came out that had, you know, Martin and Rosales and Vasquez and Disla. And yeah. um, I mean, you were immediately a part in a, of the, of the soul of that, of that company. Uh, we're going to go back to the, the, the why here in a second, but what did the, I, I just want to go to this really quick. What did that mean to you to be kind of accepted so quickly um, into, you know, a, you know, a budding company that was really hitting right. their stride and has really kind of taken over the industry in a lot of ways? Yeah, um, well, you know, there's there's kind of twofold there, right? One is being kind of accepted by the team um, that. um that was at first, you know, the most, the most important thing, obviously, which was explored uh, on the interview process. Right. And I, and I've told the story um, a dozen times, but, or shit more than that, but you know, when I interviewed um, I flew out to Oklahoma and met up with uh, Rosales out there and I had never spoken to Mike. I had never met him. I knew Skip, obviously, like everyone else does through social media. Him and I had gone back and forth through, uh, you know, messages uh, for a little bit. But I had, just because I was so into my world and, and building, you know, at my brand and being in the Northeast and, and, and all that, um, I didn't know Mike that way. So, you know, he picks me up from, from the hotel. I landed and got to, got to the hotel. Uh, he picks me up. And, you know, it could have went one, one way or another, it, it could have, you know, a few hours later circled right back to the hotel and said, Hey, just head back home. Um, or it could have ended the, you know, the way it did. There was only two possibilities, right? Like, <laughs> you know, either it worked out or, or, or it didn't. Um, so, you know, when Mike and I kind of clicked right, right away, um, you know, that was, that was good. He saw, my, you know, my interactions instantly, you know, uh, at shops and there was a few people that kind of knew me um we did an event together which i really just kind of sat back you know and watched obviously i didn't want to screw it up um and then you know go down go down to austin and, and met met the team there um and you know they were very family-based you know and i'm very family-based and it just and it just kind of worked out so that that was great um but now, you know, how would it work on the other side, right? Like Roma's was really big or is really big on social media. Um, Roma has these deep, um, like these, uh, how do you say, like deep kind of roots with a lot of stores and, and accounts. 
and you know how how are these people going to accept the fact that hey they're not necessarily calling Mike Rosales directly anymore or there's someone other than Mike Rosales calling uh, so I was very very conscious of that uh, said hey you know I'm not I'm not looking to twist anyone's arm uh, or to work with me but hey you know I'm here for you and matter of fact my first two weeks there uh, Skip and Mike were actually in inner back in in Europe right so I had it was it was trial by fire for the first couple of weeks, and I just I just went ahead and called called every account and said, "Hey, I'm you know just a new person," and again, just super super authentic uh, on just you know, no, hey, you can still call Mike if you want. Just I just want to give you my information. If there's ever anything you need to reach out, um, you know, feel free to. Uh, here's my email and and all that. So I think. I think it worked um, fairly well because of the fact that I had that ability to um, to show people that I was there authentically to take care of them. Right? Um, it 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 wasn't a a uh, uh, a situation where you know I'm, I was getting commission. Right? So I'm there. Hey, I, I got to sell you. I got to sell you because I, I got to pay my rent this month. Right? So. I was able to take that and and really build the relationships with well there was some I mean there was some crossover right there were some stores that you know we were both in and there was some brand new stores there were stores that I knew them um, and 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 it and it just it just worked because I was able to 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 sell myself as someone that will take care of uh, the retailer um, and you know knowing how to handle myself on social media um, was a big thing also and, and in person and, and while doing events. And um, so it, it, yeah, it worked, it, it worked perfectly. Um, and so I guess your question was, what was that feeling? Um, yeah, there was some fear driving down. Right. And, and there were some fears like, man, you know, cause it, at the time it wasn't like I was there to build Roma. Uh, Roma was doing a fairly good job. my, my job was to not screw it up and and make it and make it better right like like how can we give our how can we give our retail partners more experience or more a better not so much better like an, an upgrade but just like like you know another avenue where they could still get the same you know good service and questions answered and someone's there to answer the phone and then and, and, and travel to do events and, and things like that right so mm-hmm. uh, the feeling was fear at, at the beginning and and then once you kind of feel that acceptance it was just like it was it was humility to take like hey you know i have something here that you know i can use to help other people build their businesses. Right. And, mm-hmm. and ultimately, and, and especially we found out this year with, with COVID, but it's like, you know, if, if you're there to, to genuinely help the retailer build their business, that'll come back to you. Right. And, and I, it, it worked. Right. So here we are. Yeah, no, absolutely. So going back to going back to, uh, well, you kind of already kind of led me to the beginning of that, which is, and it goes full circle to our discussion about your authenticity you know, Skip and Mike are are, are no, notorious for keeping their, uh, as Skip says, their circle tight. You know, yeah. they're they're very they're very picky. The interview process for the few people that they've hired on is very lengthy and very diligent. And 
they have to make sure that it's that it's a a perfect fit and you know you know knowing that you navigated that gauntlet i mean um has to be yes like you said fearful but it also has to be um you know very humbling to know that like you know that they they saw this this uh they saw this and had this immediate connection with you and knew right. that knew that you could they could trust you to to continue what they what they had started yeah i mean and that that was obviously some trust that needed was needed to be earned um you know thankfully you know they were able to see and especially skip pretty right away you know i was a brand owner and that i would i would take ownership of of how the brand looked and and what the brand stood for and that i would take things i would take the brand seriously and the product seriously and and the factory seriously and you know um that coupled with you know the the fun stuff also right um which anybody can do the fun stuff um easily because that's that's the cool stuff but yeah for sure you know and especially like they didn't necessarily it wasn't like they posted a job posting for this right 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 but, exactly but, another point right. there <laughs> right um and so if you don't know uh, like when i when i shut my company down skip was very one of the very first people to reach out not with a job offer or anything but just saying hey man what you were doing was really cool you know sorry to hear it if you ever need anything just let me know right um because as as i know now skip watches everything so cigar show wise right and and you know i i was just someone that kept popping up on the radar so when i when the announcement came off came out that they had hired me I mean, the reaction in the industry and, and locally, especially in Texas, because of all those reps that would would have died to have that job, um, the, the reaction was like, who is this, right? Like there, there was, at the time, they, I went from feeling like, hey, I know a lot of people to, to a lot of people like, who is this guy, right? Um, and I think that, you know, as a company and, 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 you know, myself, we did a really good job of it's like, hey, I'm just, I'm just, I'm one of the guys. I'm here, and it, and it just, and it just worked, right? And uh, but you know, there was a lot of the uh, like, you know, who is that guy? Like, hey, man, I could do a better job than that guy. Like, you know, and people, obviously, people sending resumes like, hey, if it doesn't work out, or hey, you know, we didn't even know you're hiring. <laughs> you know, if you're gonna hire someone else, you know, I'd love to submit um, my resume, and uh, you know. Uh, even I, I didn't, it's funny. I didn't expect that, that, that was one of the few things that took me by surprise was the, the amount of people that were just like, Oh, I could, I could do this better than it's like, all right, well you, you can't cause you're not here. Sorry. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right. But, um, but, but anyway, it was, it was, it was definitely, you know, something you think about. It's like, man, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that would want this job. Right. So take it seriously. Don't fuck it up. I think that they're um, that th those people, those those negative Nancys, I guess, aside, I think there mm -hmm. were a lot of people that were just really genuinely excited for both parties for two different reasons. Like yeah. I was genuinely excited for you that you found a home. So, you know, relatively quickly, 
you know, after the, the, the disappointment of having to shut down uh, Barracoa, um, like I said, I, I took your closing of that company so personally. Um, um, but I was also being a huge fan of Romacraft and, uh, you know, having a really good relationship with Skip and Mike as I do, it, I was really excited for them too. Um, and so it was, it was just kind of like from, from, from the outsider's perspective, looking in, it was like the perfect, it was the perfect marriage. You know, it was really, it was really exciting. And, and, you, you know, you took the opportunity and ran with it and you did an incredible job. And the, the, the company grew during that time. And that is in no shorter part of what Skip and Mike did, but that no shorter of what you did as well. And that allowed them to bring on other great people like, you know, like Sean recently. And of course, John D. Oliver, which was the next guy in line and, I, I, I've never said this, I should probably say this to John's face, but I, I, I saw John at a number of Romacraft events and he's, you know, he's worked with the company for a few years now. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he's close to paying off the amount of cigars that he's purchased from Mike and Skip before he became hired. <laughs> so I should probably say that to his face. I, I don't mean that as a negative. He, he was a huge <laughs> fan, a huge supporter. Yeah. That made sense too. And I was really excited for John and yeah. I was really excited for Romacraft again. I was like, man, this is, this is, you know, again, for the outside perspective looking in, it was just like, this right. is just terrific. They've got Danny, they've got John. I mean, this is, oh my God, this is just fantastic. And so in your time at Romacraft, Danny, and now with the launching of 2.0, this may be an incredible difficult question to ask, but, or to answer, <laughs> to answer rather, not ask. The asking is easy. That's my job. The answering might be difficult to ask. What what's what's the biggest lesson that you're taking from your time there and and applying it to 2.0? Yeah, um, there's a there's there's not just one lesson. I mean, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be completely honest. There's a lot of things that, um, I mean, there's a lot of things that I learned in my time there, and and I think that. Um, you know, being able to take those things and, and apply them to the plans that you know, we have now. Um, but, but ultimately taking, and it sounds, uh, it sounds so scripted, but, you know, taking care of the end customer, whatever that means, right? So whether that's a, a consumer that's buying the product or if that's the, the retail store taking care of them and their needs first is the most important thing as as that will come back to you right for instance 2018 romacraft stopped making uh neanderthal and i'm sure you remember the the great drought of neanderthal in 2018 we went 10 months without selling any of it and uh, you know, to find out that we actually, you know, the factory actually could have thrown on some San Andreas, made some Neanderthals, and got that money in, but ultimately hurt the quality of the cigar because the wrapper, you know, wasn't up to you know Skip and, and Esteban's um, level of, of uh, what's the word I'm standing here, but up to their standard. Yeah, was yeah up to their standard. Um, would be a hard thing for a lot of companies to do. Um, you know, Neanderthal is their most expensive brand at the time was their most expensive brand. Um, and it, it, you know, second to Cro-Magnon is their second best selling brand. 
um, and to go 10 months and just say, we're not going to, we're not going to make it until it's ready. We're not going to sell it until it's ready was huge, huge for me. It's like, man, I get it. I get it. And, and, um, to eventually, you know, once we did have it, we were, you know, sold out of it again for six months or so. Um, that was a huge, that was a big lesson of, you know, don't, don't go for that cash grab. You're, you're building something here. Why are you going to bastardize what you're doing just to get, you know, a payday now? Because ultimately it would have hurt, right? So if, if we, if, if Roma had made the decision to sell the Neanderthal anyway, and it hurt the quality of it, and then people are off of it, how do you, how do you go back in and say, well, hey, we, we fixed the issue, try it again. You know, it's like, ah, like, let's just, let's just tell these people, let's just tell the truth and say, hey, it's not ready. And we don't want you to smoke it. We, we don't want you to smoke that. You're not going to like it. Or even if you do like it, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean it was going to be a terrible cigar. It's but it, again, it wasn't, a, right? Yeah. right, it's not the Um That, that was big. Um, the keeping your circle small uh, theory is, it, I mean, is it? I mean, it's, that is, that is a huge thing, just kind of overall in life. I mean, if you think about how many people you know on social media, right, or all the people you went to high school with, or all the guys you grew up with, right? Like, seriously, how many of those people do you still associate with or hang out with or talk to all the time? And even if it is a bunch of them, how many of those people would you trust with a, would you trust, period? You know, trust, trust, trust. Um, so, I mean, that that's, that's another, you know, kind of another big thing but you know really just just making sure you're you're taking care of the things that you are supposed to take care of right like hey you know customers retailers partners social media or you know the the cigar media they have um they have expectations of of us of, of me as a person um and it is my job to make sure that you know, what I say I'm going to do for you or what the expectations that I set for you are met. And the way I'm never disappointed is if I make sure I don't set expectations for you, for me, right? So like, you know, it's kind of like if you do something nice for someone, you should never have the expectation. It was like, I did something nice for them that person owes me because chances are you're going to get disappointed, right? But the way you're never disappointed is if you making sure that you can sleep at night because you're doing everything you said you were going to do you're doing everything that you can do to help or to help build a business and to sell and to do, to do those things. So, um, you know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of lessons, um, for sure. You know, having a great, having a great team is, is, is also key. So, you know, as, as, you know, my wife and I here are, you know, the team right now, um, you know, the goal is to get to a point where we need to build that team and, and, Know, that that thought process or i'm sorry that that process of hiring or whatever will be as stringent because you know i can teach someone cigars i can teach someone you know how to i don't know do certain tasks right but you can't teach someone to get along with you or or you can't teach someone <laughs> to to just be able to be part of the team and you and you and you can't it's almost i mean you, you can teach authenticity but if it, if to find someone that just already has it, you know, that'll be something that um, I feel like we've used that word authenticity a little too much, but that, I mean, that, that's kind of what I'd be looking for. It's just like, I started you it, have... Danny, you don't have to, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but you know, 
that those are ultimately going to be the important things to us. And, and, you know, again, there, there's a lot of really good takeaways from, from my time. I think another thing that could sum up our entire conversation, uh, Danny, and not, you know, not to give you too much of a plug, but to give you a plug is, is the hashtag never settle. You know, you, you didn't settle the first time around you know, you, 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 you took a two year process to build the voyage. Um, you know, you, you didn't settle when you made your next move. They certainly didn't settle either. They, 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 they got some incredible asset in you to, to help build their brand. Um, and now this, the second iteration of, uh, of, of Verico is going to be the same, the same process that you just described. So I think, um, I think that, that, that's, that should be your tagline, <laughs> you know. So I'm glad that it is, um, yeah. Because I think it's very appropriate. Um, sure. To to be to be uh, to to slightly turn on more recent events and, but sure. uh, kind of jokingly, but not jokingly, uh, something else you didn't settle on was uh, a most recent decision, which is something you've been showing off to us tonight. You've been adjusting your sleeve constantly because I know it's irritating. Uh, the it, new the new tattoo, <laughs> yeah, the new yeah. tattoo, uh, your first tattoo. Um, first tattoo. I, I don't have any tattoos, so um, um, you obviously didn't settle because it took you a long process to to, to make the decision. <laughs> right. So, tell us a little bit about the ink, man. I'm interested about the story. Why now? Why did you decide and to do it at the at the you know at this point? And you know wh what's the story behind it? Um, yeah, I've actually been I've been trying to get a tattoo for a few years, and it, a couple things have just not worked out in my favor. Um, but I always kind of had this concept of things that I, that I wanted to, to do. My wife has a bunch of tattoos that I just, I just love. And, uh, you know, there's, I, I wanted, I wanted to get something that was meaningful, but that I could also build off of. And, and I, I mean, honestly, my, my plan is to be too sleeved up and it's something, uh, you know, unfortunately I've waited till I was 40 to start it, but. You know, it's something I've wanted for for a while, so I was I was fairly excited. Uh, I I don't know how much you can tell there. There, if you go to my Instagram, you guys can see a picture of it. Um, but it is obviously a compass, um, and the words "never settle" are actually there also. Um, and for me, the compass just shows the directions that that you can go, right? But as long as you have these core, this, this wayfinder of this, there are this way of finding your way through things or you have those tools in your life, right? Or you have that personality in you, or you have that drive in you, that passion in you, you know, you can go in any one of those directions and, and be successful. Um, um, and, you know, everyone obviously has their own definition of, of success, right? Um, so for some people it's, it's a dollar amount for some people, it's, you know, just, uh, you know, a, a well-rounded life with kids and family and, 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 um, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, and, and that's why I've just, I just really identified, I really identified with the compass when we came up with the, with the band and the logo, the, 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 the Baracoa logo and the band for the voyage. That that both the compass are 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 prevalent on there, um, because it'll it'll just help you you know find your way, 
right? What, whatever way that is, um, whether you want to go north, south, east, or west, um, the compass will help you find it, right? And um, and it, that's just kind of where I'm at, right? It's it's, hey, you know, our direction has changed, right? We're not in Texas anymore, right? So where are we going? Well, this is where we want to go, all right? So this this metaphorical compass that we kind of use, it it just it helps us. It, for me, it's just there is a way to get there, right? And if you think about like, I mean, think about the compass when that was invented, right? How that changed things, right? I mean, it's 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 like GPS, right? If you think about before GPS, right? What was it, MapQuest, right? Like you would have to print ways, and and the, before that there was legit maps, and before that there was some dude, your buddy would write down terrible directions for you to get there. Right? So, um, it just it's just very personal to me on that aspect for overall, just in life, whatever that, you know, if, if, if it isn't the cigar industry in a couple of years, if I'm a t-shirt guy or I'm selling used cars, which was a big theory people thought I was going to do, um, uh, either way, I need, I need direction, right? So if I'm going to be a used car salesman, I'm going to be the best fucking used car salesman on that lot. Right. And, and, since I never settle, I, then I want to be a new car salesman and then I want to be the sales manager and then I want to be the general, you know, the assistant general manager, then I want to be the general manager, right? It's just, that's just how, that's just how I'm wired. It, it's never, <laughs> it's just never enough for me to just have that entry level job. Uh, I mean, since I was 16, 17 years old working at McDonald's, um, it wasn't enough that I just worked there. I was like, well, you know, that guy makes a little more money than me. So, I, you know, I want to do that or that guy runs this or, you know, and, and, and in kind of everywhere I've gone, it's just, um, I guess, and not that there's anything wrong with it, but there's people that have been at their job for 30, 35 years, 40 years, you know, what they've been there forever. And yeah, I've been doing this for 30 years. I'm like, wow, like that's, that's commendable. But at the same time, it's like, man, you didn't, you didn't try to do something more. Like you didn't, yeah, you never got something inside of you that said, man, I'd love to do this or mm-hmm. this department or work in this department, or I'd love to run my department um, or at, at, at the very least, right. You know, uh, right. run your, de- run your department. Um, so that's, that's the whole, that's the whole concept here um, of the tattoo. Um, and, you know, there, there'll be some things that I, that I get added onto it. Uh, like I kind of explained. Um, I think, my wife has agreed to get the same tattoo. She really loved it. So that'd be cool if she got that. Oh, nice. on her. Um, Cause it, it means, you know, it means the same to her. She gets it. Right. And she's, a little, she's very much the same way. She's very driven. Uh, and um, I don't know. It just, it just means, it just means that to me right now, even though it's itching the shit out of me right now. And, and my, <laughs> my sweater is, is rubbing on it a little bit, but. Um, in, in a few days of Bukha. <laughs> it was really interesting when I saw on social media that you were getting this tattoo because that, again, tying back to, to how you know you tie into me so personally, Danny, is that um, the compass actually plays a really important part in my family too. Um, so this past Father's Day, I gifted my father a necklace of a compass. Uh, my dad doesn't have any tattoos either, but on the, and then on the back of this this necklace of a compass 
were was engraved the names of my mother uh, and his children. Um, and he's like, wow, son, this was really nice. And my mom was on the call and we were talking and she's like, well, you know, my mom's question is always why. Uh, sometimes it comes, <laughs> my mom's questions always, the why always comes across as, as a little bit of abrasive. Snarky. Uh, yeah, yeah, snarky abrasive. Why? Yeah, she, uh, <laughs> why would you do this? Um, but the, uh, I was, and I said, well, dad, you know, you always said to me that, you know, no matter what direction you were going, your true north was always your family. And, you know, my dad's, my dad's memory, unfortunately, is slipping these days because he's, he's suffering from dementia. And I'm oh, sorry. Thank you. Um, and he, he paused really long. And I didn't I was like, Dad, Dad, are you there? And he's like, I remember you saying that. I remember, he's like, I remember saying that to you. And I was like, well, you said it a lot, Dad. So yeah, yeah. And he's, <laughs> that's good. And he was like, you remembered that? And I said, of course. And, you know, there, you know, it, it's interesting. There's always, there's always words, you know, from our, from our family, those we love and those we care about and everything that, that kind of echo, you know, in our, you know, I guess in our, in our, in our souls, if we're going to get a little over dramatic, but they always kind of echo, right. You know, and, yeah. and so, Every time I see the compass, it, it always reminds me of that. And so when I saw that, when you were getting that tattoo, it it, it really made me smile because I was like, "That's." <laughs> it made me think of made me think of my own father, and and uh, and it also made me think about about. I said, "This is this is perfect. This is this is perfect for you," because um, the voyage, right? The you know right, the journey. Right. Um, so. I, I was, uh, you know, I was, I was, I was very pleased with your decision. No, I, I was, I was sure. really, uh, you know, I was just really, I was really touched by it. I really was. I thought that was like, oh, this is, this is absolutely perfect. Um, right. This is really, this is really cool. So I, I, I really dig it. I think it's really awesome. And uh, I'm, I was really excited to hear the story from it. Oh man. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's, um, I, I, it was, it was important for, for especially your first tattoo. Cause you never know if it's going to be your last tattoo, right? You just, you never know, just in case. Um, it had to have, it had to have some meaning uh, behind it. Not just, you know, uh, I don't know, I've seen some pretty awful tattoos, right? So, um, <laughs> you know, and I think, I think honestly that that may have been what took me so long is just, I wasn't, I wasn't a hundred percent clear on what it is I wanted to get. Um, and then uh, we kind of sat out here in an evening session and I said, fuck it, you know, we're doing this. So let's figure it out. But uh, that's cool to hear, man. It's kind of serendipitous. For sure. Um, Danny, I, 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 this is the second week in a row that I've failed to, to keep up with my tradition. My tradition is always the last two questions. Before my last two questions, I always thank my guests for their time. We actually are going into our very last question, which is our curveball segment. Um, I, I would like you, if you can stay on after the interview for just a couple minutes, I would like to talk to you about something, but, um, sure. this is always the time of the interview that I always, I always re really want to thank my guest. Um, you know, as you mentioned, you're a family man, I'm a family man. And for you, 
on a Sunday evening, which is always family time, especially with Thanksgiving just happening. I mean, this was a heck of a week for all of us, <laughs> um, even with even with COVID going on and everything. So I'm sure you were incredibly busy. I'm sure you're terribly exhausted. And and for you to sit down with me for a couple of hours um, has just meant the world to me. So thank you so much uh, from the bottom uh, of my heart. Uh, thank Jesse for me. I know she's right by your side as always. Um, so for uh, <laughs> for her to uh, for her to give some time as well. Uh, and give you up for a couple of hours, even though she's sitting right with you. It, it, it means the world to me. So thank you. Thank you to you both. Thank you. Oh, no, it's our pleasure, man. This is great. Um, so going into our curveball segment, Danny, this is and it, just really excited to sit down with you tonight. This was just this was more than I uh, more than I even wanted. Um, this was this was perfect. And uh, um, but, I, you know, we kind of kicked off tonight talking about Home Alone. So I, I wanted to end the night with a curveball segment from Home Alone. So you remember all the hijinks, you know, all the pranks that uh, well, not pranks, even the 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 techniques. And you talked about his genius at the beginning of the show. And, and uh, as far as uh, all the things that he did to defend his home. So my, my curveball question is two part. So as a child, um, which prank or which thing did you either fantasize about or try to recreate in some form and fashion? I'm going to answer this question too. And in the days of now with in 2020, we have ring and we have all these high tech, you know, security devices and stuff like, which one do you think would be more practical or which one would you just like to have as a home defense item for your own house as an adult now? So that's my two-part question. I'm going to answer this too, but I was kind of I wanted to, wanted to throw this out there. <laughs> yeah, super curveball. This is like uh, it's like one of those really fast curveballs. Um, pranks and stuff. You know, I was <laughs> growing up. I was I wasn't super mischievous. Um, but I would do stuff that, uh, I don't know, maybe I thought was funny, um, <laughs> but then it turned out it, it wasn't necessarily. So, I mean, you, you, you're, you're asking like a prank that I, I would have done when I was younger or, or from, like from, from the, the movie. Yeah. From home alone that you saw and you're like, man, I like you tried to recreate it or you fantasize about recreating it in some form or fashion. Oh, you got to admit, like at the time, I, I thought the funniest part was the um, when he ordered the pizza and played the VHS tape. Yes. Right. And he just played and paused it and, and, and got the pizza for free. Um, uh, obviously, me as with an inner fat kid, that would have been fantastic to do. Because uh, if you think about it, man, if you really look back at that crappy little TV in that kitchen, for for that pizza guy to think that that was really happening, was a, nit, so a, nit, a nitpick aside about the movie, but yes, yes. <laughs> right. um, uh, anyway, that was and I and I, rem, I remember now that we're talking about it specifically, thinking like, oh my god, that was so genius! He got a free pizza because of this movie, you know. And uh, I just remember, I remember that for sure. Um, so yeah, that's that's that one. Um, as far as uh, technology, you know, me being a former like IT guy and 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 being into all that stuff, I actually I think Ring was the one that was on Shark Tank, um, and I I remember seeing that product, and I just like, you know, with the advent of of you know smartphones coming changed everything, right? Sure. So the fact that 
you know, and now, and now, especially, you know, ring has all, all the, all stuff. And there, there's, there's a million companies doing all this stuff. Um, you know, Google, I'm Amazon, really, everything. Yeah. Just everything. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of the, of the, uh, ring, um, especially like the community, like the apps that they have and you can, you know, um, if there's something going on in the neighborhood, they can all share the video and, you know, finding people and, and, uh, you know, it's keeping Amazon, FedEx and UPS all honest, right? There's no more throwing the TV over the fence because the guy was too lazy to bring <laughs> it to the door or whatever, right? Um, and, uh, you know, those are, I mean, those are things that, you know, we have now. Uh, and, and, you know, being able to, you know, we, we would even have like, a, oh, what's the other, there's another one of the first like camera companies, like personal in-home security cameras that you could just like look at on your phone Right. that really started replacing like baby monitors. Like I would have one in my kid's room and all around the house and you can just kind of check where everybody's at uh, and being able to talk through it from your phone and see, uh, I love, I love all that shit. You know, I, I'm a huge Alexa guy. Uh, we have Alexas, you know, in different rooms and play music and I can call one room and from the other uh, for my phone, I can get on Alexa and, and do all that stuff. So I, I honestly, I, I love all of it. You know, people, oh, what about your privacy? And I'm like, whatever, you know, nobody's <laughs> listening to me. They're, they're bored, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, I, I love all that stuff. Is there anything in the, anything out of the movie that you would love to employ right now? Like the blowtorch uh, over the door or. Holy shit. Or anything like that that just would be cool, you think? Or the, uh, just a little extreme. <laughs> what was it? It was all pretty extreme now, if you think about it. Um, with the the honey with the saran wrap and then the feathers, um, I've I've secretly thought about doing that to a kid of mine, <laughs> or like one of my kids, you know, somehow. And and then you know, unfortunately, you know, as the parent, I would end up being the one to clean it up because my wife would look at me like, "Yeah, I'm not cleaning that." <laughs> so. So, you know, the, those things, you know, stop me um, from doing it. But, you know, little, little things like that, you know, which were, were hilarious. Now, when he poured the water down the steps and they slipped, that wasn't funny to me because I had that experience. Oh, um, God. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. brutal. That hurts oh. my back every time I see it. Yeah. yeah. Every time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> awesome. I, uh, I too, uh, did the movie pause thing. Um, I... I did it with my mom a few times. You, you mentioned our, our upbringings being different and Tombstone being my first rated art film. Um, uh, my, my house was a big John Wayne house. And so um, I would use the uh, tape that I wore out was the movie Rio Bravo with John Wayne, Dean Martin, Ricky Nelson. And uh, I, there's a certain part in the, um, a certain part in the movie where he, they're talking through a jail door uh, about coming in and so I, I borrowed because we did, we only had we only had one TV in the house, but I borrowed a VCR and I borrowed a television and I put it in my room, and um, my mom knocked on the door and um, and she asked me a question and I played bits from the Rio Bravo movie <laughs> to her and she's like, "Are you feeling okay?" Like she totally was lost. That's so it funny. was so awesome. It was such a great feeling. <laughs> like that I that I 
quasi it pulled out. It, it sort of, and she caught on the third. She's like, "How'd you get the TV in there?" Like, and she, I opened the door. She saw what I had done, and she was like, "You're unbelievable!" And I'm like, okay. I was like, like, I wanted to try it so bad, and I did it. Pulled it off. It was great." Um, and I, I think that um, even today, as a as a as a as a 37 year old uh, parent and everything, uh, I, I I still would do that. That would be my right. that would be my my home defense thing of choice is having the voice of some like mafioso guy just like um, you got you know he's like I'm gonna give you to the count of three before I bump your guts full of lead. Um, so I, I I would totally employ that today. Absolutely, oh, hands sure. down. Hands down. Um, <laughs> hands down. Uh, well, Danny, it, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you tonight. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, so excited uh, for Baracoa Cigar Company version 2.0. Um, this is this is going to be an incredible thing for the industry, incredible thing for you, and incredible thing for consumers yeah. and retailers alike. I'm so excited. So excited. Appreciate, uh, dude. I appreciate it, and um, you know, thanks for for being really one of the first people to reach out and say, Hey man, you know, I just, I just want to talk. Let's hang out, you know, uh, the way people hang out now, right. Through zoom. And, um, <laughs> you know, uh, no, I, I, I appreciate you even, you know, considering the, the, this having, you know, me having any entertainment value. Right. And, uh, like I said, you know, we don't take anything for granted and, and, um, you know, just love kind of getting back in, in, into this mode of, of, um, having talks with, you know, cigar people and, and, uh, and really, you know, preaching what we're all about and, and, and talking about, you know, just our love for, for the cigar industry, but just also taking care of people and I don't know, doing this, right. This enter mm -hmm. entertaining people and having fun with people and meeting and having, you know, cool conversations. Right. So this is great, man. I, I really appreciate it. And, you know, you know, shout out to you for with, with you know what you've done with this show over the last few years. Thank you very much. It's it's been an awesome journey. It's been an awesome voyage, to to, <laughs> to coin a term, better phrase. But um, Ding. um, been been incredible, and 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 you're certainly a part of that, Danny. You you know you came on the show with uh, with Mike uh, Rosales uh, a couple years ago, and uh, I was just excited to sit down with you and talk about your journey. I knew this was something I wanted to do, and this was the perfect avenue to do it with the launch of Veracoa Cigar Company again, the relaunch rather. And so this is this was absolutely perfect. Uh, thank you so much. For our audience, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate all your likes, shares, and comments. If you're tuning in to our Facebook Live broadcast, be sure to go to our Facebook page, LOSIFMR, and like the page and, and follow it. You can also check us out on YouTube, the LOSIFMR YouTube channel and follow us there. But if you are listening to us wherever you listen to podcasts later on, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure you download, subscribe, and review. Uh, if you already are a subscriber, I encourage you to unsubscribe, but please don't forget to resubscribe. That uh, really boosts my numbers and allows me to keep uh, getting on great guests uh, like Danny on. So this will be, uh, be another uh, great notch in uh, the takes belt for sure. Um, a great, a great slew of upcoming guests uh, after this week. We've got Alan Rubin of Alec and Bradley coming on next week. Uh, Casey Johnson and Dan Welsh of L'Atelier Tatuaje Brands. Uh, so excited to have them. Uh, Casey making his second appearance. Dan making his first. Our 150th take coming on, on December 20th. 
uh, Christmas come early, uh, Nick Perdomo will be celebrating our 150th take with us. And uh, we'll be taking a week off after that for Christmas. But uh, in to kick off the new year, the top 10 cigars of 2020 for all of us takes. So exciting stuff coming up. Really excited for everyone. Uh, excited for this. This has been an incredible journey. So thank you all to everyone out there. This was our 147 take live from the HF Barcelona studios of Euless, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplissy. As always, he's Danny Vasquez. Guess what, everyone? We'll see you next time.